And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Hello and welcome to this Thursday, March 22nd, 2018 edition of the Hagman Report. So glad to be here today. We got a lot to get into. We got a great show planned for you and we will lay out the calendar right now. We have hour one open. We're going to be getting into some news, a whole bunch of stuff we, we got for the first hour. Then in hour two, Tracy Beans will be joining us. Keith Hansen in the fourth segment, fifth segment, I'm sorry, at nine o'clock to nine thirty. And then we have a, a debut guest who is a congressional, is a uh, candidate running against Maxine Waters in her district. And we're going to be talking with him and getting an idea of what his campaign is looking like. And that is Edwin Duterte. And we're going to be bringing him on from 9.30 to 10. So much to get into today. We have the uh, volatile stock market, the Dow Jones down over 700 points, almost 3% today, leaving many investors um, um, skittish that they're wondering, is this directly related to the tariffs and possibly the spending bill that is about to be signed? And also with the tariffs, many uh, people dealing with the economy are worried about pushback from the Chinese, whether that looks like the dumping of debt or are we talking about other uh, ways that the Chinese are going to retaliate from these tariffs that President Trump is uh, wants to propose? Now, we have uh, another piece of news dealing with the economy. We have a huge spending bill, $1.3 trillion spending bill, and a lot of commentary on it, a lot of unhappy representatives. And we're going to get into this a little bit. Congressman Jim Jordan calls this the worst bill he has ever seen in his 10 years in office, far worse than anything Obama ever tried to pull on the American people. He details how it funds Abortion, how it funds sanctuary cities, how it does not fund the border wall. And this is something that he lays out very nicely in this interview he did on Fox and Friends this morning with a Republican House, with a Republican Senate, with a Republican president. Why are so many concessions being given to the left? President Trump was elected to stop this kind of economic waste, to rein in our government, the size, the scope, and the money. And he's ready to pass this. It only funds, according to an article in Drudge Report, 33 miles of the wall. And there's so many other things in this bill that we could talk about. Um, but again, Jim Jordan, one of the worst spending bills that he has ever seen. Also, Rand Paul, not happy about this. He says this is a terrible way to govern. And with these bills where you have to keep the government funded or, or doing a, a government funding bill for one year. This $1.3 trillion bill will put us, will give us a, a deficit, adding $1 trillion to the deficit. And what happens here is you get all these different politicians that want, <clears throat> in order for a vote, yes, they want different concessions, whether it's, uh, you know, money going to their district, to their town, to their own congressional office. And that's another thing in this bill. The Congress and the Senate both voted to give themselves raises. 
Yeah, you heard me right. Not only raises for themselves, other employees, aides, and staff, but also um, this raises their operating budgets substantially. We're talking millions and millions of dollars for the Congress and separately the House. And we, <laughs> this is there's funny something funny in here uh, with this bill. There is uh, provisions for millions of dollars to go to fund the elderly from falling, millions of dollars going to fund excessive alcohol abuse. And I was reading this to Eric before the show, and he said, what's Hillary Clinton doing putting provisions for herself in there? And I thought that was pretty funny. He's right on the money. But, again, you can go to Drudge Report. You can go to Market Watch and read all the different bits and pieces of this bill. It's very big, uh, 2,332 pages. And lawmakers only had a 1,000 minutes to read. They had 48 hours to read the bill and vote on it. And nobody can read that many pages and understand it comprehensively. No way. So this is what they do. Now, Rand Paul, uh, this article is from The Hill. All eyes on Paul was shut down looming. As the Senate barrels toward the third government funding deadline of the year, Republicans appear in the dark about one key question. What will Senator Paul do? The libertarian-minded senator caused an hours-long shutdown in February. He's yet to say if he'll give a repeat performance going into midnight Friday, the deadline to avoid a partial closure. Uh, uh, both the houses and parties are passing a $1.3 trillion budget bill. Now, obviously, this is a, a huge bill, and nobody has time to break down what's inside it. And if we, if we believe Jim Jordan, he's saying this is the worst thing he's he's seen in his 10 years in office again far worse than anything obama has ever tried to pull on the american people you can go to fox news and watch the morning interview with him on the uh, fox and friends channel this morning we played that piece on the daily show and i i mean i have not read through the whole bill obviously i've only read uh, little snippets that i'm getting from other news articles and sources but it looks pretty bad and um to put us a trillion dollars in debt, how much of this, I mean, why do we need 2,300 pages? Why can't we just have a, a 5, 10, 20-page spending bill to fund the government? We know that it gives military and other increases, but like I said, so much waste, probably so much fraud, uh, as per usual in Washington, D.C., and this is the reason that we elected Donald Trump to stop things like this. So will he sign the bill? He says he will. So I guess we'll have to wait and see once this goes past, they set a vote for Saturday at 1 a.m. in the House, I believe. House or Senate? I don't know. i got to get my, my facts straight. All right. There is another personnel shakeup in the executive branch. Tillerson is going to be, or not Tillerson, McMaster. H.R. McMaster. He's going to be uh, replaced. And i got so many tabs up, I can't find. Here we go. Trump replacing Ms. McMaster with John Bolton. Interestingly, John Bolton has been doing a number of appearances on Fox News as an analyst. He's the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Well, he's going to be replacing the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, on April 9th. Trump tweeted out today, McMaster has done an outstanding job and will always remain my friend. He says Bolton will take over on April 9th. Now, we've seen uh, many personnel changes in the White House. We've seen many clashes between White House personnel and the president. 
we've seen constant leaks coming from the West Wing of the White House, and people are furious. Now, I don't know that Nick Master was part of or behind any of these leaks, but obviously the president is still trying to nail down the people who he feels can most effectively uh, run the federal government, but also people who he has to trust. And I don't know that that's, uh, he says in his own tweets that that's not the case, but yet again, we don't know. Now, I mentioned the Dow Jones down over 700 points today, and this is a, a number of reasons why this is happening. You have uh, the talk of tariffs and how much this is going to impact other nations, foreign nations that we do business with because of unfair trade advantages and whatnot. But we're going to see backlash if the president implements these tariffs on China as they are the largest holder of our debt. Also, uh, they can turn around and slap tariffs on U.S. goods, which can harm businesses, uh, small business owners and corporations. So there is a big uh, rumble looming, I guess you can say, and a big question mark as to what this is going to do to the economy, especially if China decides to dump some of their holdings of the uh, federal bonds. So 724 points down today, almost 3%, which is a significant drop. It wiped out all the year's gains so far. And never have we seen a time when the Dow Jones has been so volatile. You know, I remember when a 300 swing day up or down uh, would make headlines uh, much greater than what even the 700 down day made today. And we just in the last month, month and a half, we've seen days where it's down almost a thousand, you know, back up six, seven hundred, down a thousand, up and down eight hundred. It seems that these swings are commonplace in this economy. Many people say that the market is still overinflated and could still go down quite a bit. Another thousand points maybe would be a ten percent correction. But I don't know. And uh again, how much does uh, Facebook have to do with this? We have seen the stock of Facebook decline as Mark Zuckerberg has come out and said that, uh, basically playing the victim, as headline said yesterday, that he is going to investigate and, you know, on and on and on about what he plans to do to change the data breach that they have seen uh, with the, the most recent one, Cambridge Analytica. But, again, this is a surveillance company, Facebook, is they're not a social media organization. They're in business to sell the information that they gather. And that's why they're worth so much money, and that's what they were initially set up to do with their uh, DARPA founding. Switching gears here, and we're, we're covering a, a number of stories right now, and we'll follow up and get into more detail on these as we move forward. There has been footage released from Las Vegas. Las Vegas' shooters, final days before killing spree, seen in creepy video. The New York Times released about seven and a half minutes of surveillance video from the Las Vegas casinos and hotels where Stephen Paddock was staying. Now, they show a number of things, but nothing really out of the ordinary. He was seen wheeling in dozens of bags stocked with weapons, we were assuming, and ammunition. The uh, clips show Paddock interacting with staff at Mandalay Bay, playing the video poker machines, and transporting suitcase after suitcase to his 32nd floor suite, where he proceeded to gun down 58 people on October 1st. 
Stephen Paddock gave no indication of what he planned to do, and his interactions with staff and overall behavior were all normal. That from an MGM spokesperson. Our focus continues to be on supporting victims and their families, our guests and employees, and cooperating with law enforcement with their ongoing investigation. The statement also described Paddock as a longtime guest with no known history of threats or violence and behaving in a manner that appeared outwardly normal. It was not immediately clear if hotel staff ever questioned why a single guest at the resort would need so many pieces of luggage. Paddock can be seen bringing in over 21 bags over a period of about a week. The 23 weapons in Paddock's room were found after the shooting. Now, again, it's taken uh, over six months to release this footage of him doing uh, basic things in a hotel where it is literally littered with surveillance cameras. The footage that was released today shows nothing remarkable. It doesn't even show him on his own floor. Why couldn't this be released earlier? Why didn't they release this footage within the first days or week after the shooting? As I said, nothing remarkable here. The only thing out of the ordinary is his carrying of so many suitcases. And bellhops wheeled the uh, the carts right to his car, from his car up to his room. And it seemed like every time he left or entered the hotel, he was leaving with suitcases and returning with suitcases. The video also details the last movement, uh, his last movements in his final days, from changing or going to different hotels, which he had reserved for himself, as well as spending one night at his home. I believe that was Thursday night, the Thursday before the shooting. So, will we see more footage? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question, and I, that obviously can't be all of it, but that's all, apparently, that they were willing to release to the public, probably to satisfy curiosity. And we know that he ordered room... You know, there's a lot of inconsistencies. We don't have to go through all the details right now. But I would like to see the surveillance footage from at least his floor. We know they had cameras up there. There have to be cameras in the hallway. When we went to Eric and Jackie's wedding in the Poconos, an old hotel, reminded me of the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. There was a camera, what, every 20 feet in the hallways? And this was a, I mean, it was a nice resort in the Poconos, but this wasn't Las Vegas. And we know that there is also claims of a security guard being shot in the hallway and his rigging up of dinner carts with his own counter surveillance and surveillance cameras. So will we ever see that footage? I don't think so. But if anybody's curious, you can go to foxnews.com, right at the very top on Fox News. They have it up there right now. And if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this on archive, just do a search for um, you know, Las Vegas shooting videos or, or surveillance videos you should be able to to find it all right switching gears here uh, as the house is still uh, talking about passing this this bloated spending bill as i said john bolton on april 9th is going to replace hr mcmaster we also have news if you go to hagman report peter chowka has a new piece up and there's a, a few pieces in the other news that i want to draw your attention to an interesting piece from the American Thinker details some of the past of Robert Mueller. What were his roles in the Boston Mafia murders, Uranium One, and other FBI scandals? 
This from the New American. It's up on Hagman Report. What was Robert Mueller's role in the infamous partnership between the FBI and the Boston Mafia, specifically who they're talking about is Whitey Bulger? And the it goes on to talk about the multiple murders, racketeering, extortion, witness tampering, and much more. Special Counsel, Counsel Mueller has a media-crafted image as Mr. Integrity, nonpartisan, straight shooting, nose-to-the-grindstone, public servant. The anti-Trump media projected the same kind of squeaky-clean image for former FBI Director James Comey. However, it is now public knowledge that he is lying. He has been a leaker, very partisan, a political hack who grossly abused his powerful office. He should be facing criminal prosecution instead of being rewarded with a secretive multi-million dollar book deal. But Robert Mueller's past appears to be even more checkered than Mr. Comey's. In her blog post from March 20th, investigative reporter Sarah Carter brings up nagging questions about Robert Mueller's troubled history that refuse to go away because they have never been answered. Questions still surround Robert Mueller's Boston past. The article deals with Mueller's involvement in what is usually referred to as the Whitey Bulger case or the FBI Boston mob case, one of the most sensational black eyes the FBI has ever suffered. Whitey Bulger, as the New American had detailed in the past, was the murderous boss of the Boston Notorious Winter Hill Gang. And you guys can go to New American to read the details of this. And there are several movies that have been done on this. But what was Robert Mueller's role in the Whitey Bulger case? We know that the, he was an informant for the FBI, and he was allowed to skate on several crimes. Now, if you go read this article, it'll give you all the long history of his involvement, names and dates, uh, when he was appointed and, and what were his motives and, and or not motives, what were his uh, what decisions he made and what involvement he had with this Winter Hill gang and Whitey Bulger. It also goes to detail the Russia Clinton collusion case as well as the Uranium One, which is something that many people do not know that Robert Mueller played a part in. Now, what role did he play? It was FBI Director Mueller who, along with Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, failed to take any action to stop the sale of Uranium-1 to Russia, giving Putin 20% of uranium production capacity seems to be more serious than anything President Trump has been accused of. Now, we've heard a number of stories about Robert Mueller's involvement in a number of things, from scrubbing FBI training manuals to covering the covering up the 9-11 investigation, his involvement in Hillary Clinton and the Uranium One deal. They detail a speech, or they have a video of a speech here from the Council on Foreign Relations, a conversation with Robert Mueller. Now, everybody knows that the Council of Foreign Relations is a brain trust which pushes for one world government comprised of many of the globalist politicians and unelected bureaucrats that we have we would call the swamp, infecting our government. They say Mueller is the establishment's golden boy who must be protected. His halo must remain untarnished if he is to carry out his deep state assignment to unseat President Trump. Who are the behind-the-scenes manipulators who are guiding, propping up, and protecting Mueller? Some idea of the deep state forces that are propelling his investigation can be seen in the strategic promotion he has received from quarters such as the Council on Foreign Relations. 
Not only has he been honored as a speaker at the CFR and many of his affiliates and allied institutions, but he is the recipient of the constant accolades by CFR-dominated anti-Trump media combine. Well, we have news today of President Trump saying he would like to testify or be interviewed by Robert Mueller. We also have a change in lawyers. Trump's lawyer, the lead lawyer in the special counsel probe, has resigned. Now, I have to believe this has a lot to do with him bringing on different lawyers to uh, take point on the, the probe investigation. He just did this uh, late last week, early this week. He's bringing on new personnel, what some call pit bulls in, in the D.C. circles. And that's why I believe we see the leaving of other attorneys. Constant personnel changes in the Trump executive branch and apparently in his legal team. But this is, uh, yeah, friction after... Uh, it's chaos. It's chaos. Well, jump on in. Well, it's chaos, right? This, according to the media, it's chaos. Thanks for covering for me there. You leaving, though? All right. Yeah, behind the scenes. Uh, no, it's chaos, right? It, it, just listen to whatever the uh, mass media says. Uh, of course, of course, uh, numerous changes uh, on both in in both camps. If you look at the structuring, the enemy camp, the Mueller camp, the out to destroy Donald Trump camp, the always against Donald Trump people. Some some enhancements there, and then of course, Joe is talking about the announcement that uh, former UN ambassador John Bolton is going to replace H.R. McMaster. Can anyone say leak? Where do you think the leaks were coming from? Hmm? In case you heard that hiccup, that was my daughter in the background uh, in, in studio. And, uh, wow, that went right through my earpiece. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but no, look, this is, this is very interesting. Uh, the New American had done a piece uh, about, uh, uh, and again, you know, Boy, when you start looking at different websites, New American included, uh, and especially perhaps you, you, you see, what do you see? You see a lot of, uh, of the never Donald Trumpers organizing at various websites. Now, I'm not going to say that that's the case, of course, with uh, the New American, but eh, you know. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just chaos, isn't it? Watch. They read a lot of stuff. Oh, chaos. Trump, the New American chaos. It, it depends on it depends on the author. There are multiple authors there. Um, but yeah, so, so what I find very interesting with this, and just to back up what you what you were saying, is that uh, when when you look at McMaster, and you look at I don't know how many people are. Do people forget, for example? Uh, well, McMaster, when he came on, you know, people were saying, hey, this is more of the deep state. And, uh, you know, the don't congratulate Putin. Bolton, by the way, I, I do like his music. I, I was just saying, I saw him on Fox News today. I've been seeing him a lot on Fox the last Bolton. few days. Yeah. Isn't, doesn't anyone get that joke? What? Michael Bolton. Uh, okay, thank uh, you. He was thank a singer. You, I have no idea no, who yeah. Michael Bolton was besides that. Yeah, I know. John Bolton, uh, Michael Bolton. I was kidding. I was kidding. But the, um, 
But one thing I was concerned about with was is this, Joe. You know, the lead operatives in the deep state coup. We know that it's ongoing. We know that there's a continued effort to toss Donald Trump out. Are, are have and do still top level members of the Trump administration administration colluding to get rid of Donald Trump? Et tu brute? Ides of March, remember? Of course, uh, McMaster's out, but, uh, as national security advisor. And, uh, you know, when you talk to Roger Stone, for example, he was the, uh, McMaster was pointed to as, by, by Roger Stone, as having had, com- having conversations about removing Trump from office. Perhaps. Possibly. Could it be? And then, remember the leak? And I think it was, it was a, a leak that, uh, that, Maybe it wasn't intended necessarily as a test, but I think it proved, in my view, that McMaster might have been the the person that leaked the "Don't congratulate Trump" or "Don't congratulate Putin." I'm sorry. Uh, wrote perhaps that that note that was visible, and uh, on the notes of uh, President Donald Trump, and perhaps it leaked some of the information with respect to. Uh, uh, stuff that was going on inside the executive branch. So, now some people will say, well, John Bolton, he's, he's a global, or he's a neocon. Yeah, well, okay. Let's not forget. Who works for who there? Alright, uh, Bolton should be loyal to and work for Donald Trump. Bolton does not have, in my view, would not have, uh, free access to making Policy decisions against Donald Trump. Now, of course, he would weigh into the policy decisions. But who's working for who? But with respect to the, uh, the, 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 the one article at New American that appeared back in January, in fact, January 2nd of this year, the McMaster Cabal, lead operatives in the deep state coup effort to oust Trump. And again, the questions are, are top level members of the Donald Trump administration, including on ways to oust President Trump and, and McMaster's was high on that list. And it was interesting because down in that article, among other things, let me just, uh, you know what? I'm going to go to the article. The article had listed real quick, uh, some significant casualties among Donald Trump loyalists who McMaster's credit with giving the acts since General Flynn's departure include Bannon, Richard Higgins, uh, Ezra, uh, Cohen, uh, Watnick, and, and others, Sebastian Gorka is also on that list. Interesting. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Report. Network break. Can break back. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, again, I was talking about personnel changes right before the break, and Joe, you had mentioned about Bolton. Look, I, I the short list of some significant casualties, uh, among the Trump loyalists who McMaster is credited with giving the boot to since General Flynn's departure included Sebastian Gorka. I, I wonder now, what things are going to be like with respect to, to uh, uh, with Bolton in. But, but uh, look, or, or maybe stated differently and more importantly with McMaster out. 
that to me would be a little bit different. But, uh, you know, he, McMaster was widely recognized at being at odds with, with the key portions of President Donald Trump's agenda. And, uh, remember, I don't know how many people remember when he openly mocked the president at a dinner calling him a dope and an idiot. Uh, the, this McMaster was, was that with the intelligence of a kid, uh, somebody in kid, kindergarten. And to me, that, that ain't cool. That's not cool at all. But, um, I, I see over at various websites and forums that various people's heads are exploding yes. over this. I, I just over I, the spending I, bill. I, I love it. I mean, now, I, now the spending bill is a problem. We, it is. A there problem. is an issue. Daniel Horowitz did a great article on that. Did you happen to see? No, I the, didn't see uh, his, the, the, his right up on. Yeah. That. Oh man, great article by Daniel Horowitz. Uh, uh, I can't find it here at the moment, but it's. Well, I'll find it. But just real, yeah, real quick, yeah. with the uh, backlash that we see online now. Obviously, there are a lot of people who take an attack on President Trump in any regard, I guess, as an attack on, on them and an attack on this country because President Trump stands for a lot of things as president that he really shouldn't. But because he is on the, the, one of the few presidents ever that I can remember to be on the, the right side of history, he can get away with a lot. But can he get away with a spending bill? like this, which doesn't fund the wall. It funds Sanctuary City. It funds Planned Parenthood. And it gives so much money, I mean, so much money, to all these crazy things that, you know, to study how, uh, you know, vibration, water is affected by frequency or vibration or all these crazy things that you see in, uh, I don't know how many people look at the free beacon on a daily basis, but they usually highlight uh, these different programs of government waste that are just, you know, how transgenders react to sunlight, you know, $150,000 to study how rats are affected by Kool-Aid, things like that. And there are millions of dollars that uh, that have, is going to these types of things. But that's not even the, the worst part of it. 33 feet of the wall is all that the left is willing to, or the, the Congress and Senate are willing to fund. And I said this in the first half hour, why are the Republican Congress, the Republican Senate, and the Republican White House giving in to so many concessions on the left? like the sanctuary cities, like funding of Planned Parenthood, and not funding the wall. And President Trump and many others are ready to just jam this right through. Jim Jordan, as I said last hour, he said this is worse than anything President Obama ever tried to do. Well, I don't and, know if I and, buy that, but I haven't read the bill. It's uh, 2,300 pages. Yeah, and uh, Paul Ryan back in 2015 said, you know, when we rush to pass a bill, a lot of us don't read or understand we're not doing our job. Well, this is it. And people might think this is boring to talk about, the spending bill. Now, I, I don't think it's boring at all. I think it's important because um, how ironic, writes Daniel Horowitz, uh, that Republicans will pass what will or what is likely to be their last major bill before Losing Congress by violating their pledge to America in in 2010, when they captured Congress, promising to post all legislation for, for 20 or 72 hours before a vote, they didn't do that. Uh, this bill is not okay. Uh, there are ten problems delineated by Daniel Horowitz, including eye popping debt. You codifies 143 billion busting uh, dollars busting of the budget caps. That's not good which Congress uh, adopted back in February. Number two is a bait and switch on the wall. As you said, since this ball increases spending for everything, 
uh, this bill increases spending for everything, one would think that the least, or at least the president would get the $15 billion or so needed for the wall. Nope, 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 nope. This bill includes, well, only $641 million for 33 miles of the new, new border fencing, but perhaps the, the funding, uh, that funding for being used for concrete barriers. It's just ridiculous that it does fund sanctuary cities, as you said. And, and, and Horowitz read this bill, uh, and, and went through he this read, bill. He read it? Yeah, he, he went through it. And, uh, you know, when cities and states downright violate federal law and they harbor illegal aliens, Congress's silence and responding to it is absolutely deafening. Cutting off block grants to, to uh, states or to states is leverage, uh, against the dangerous crisis. It wasn't even under discussion in this bill. And, and number four is, uh, doesn't fund interior enforcement. And, uh, you know, along with clamping down on sanctuary cities, interior enforcement at this point is perhaps and even likely more important than a border wall after Obama's tenure. What did he do? He left us with a criminal alien and drug crisis, basically, by this open border policy. Yeah. And the one thing it's also he did BS, man. was gut the military and so many programs uh, and in funding for the military. And that's one thing that I would yeah. have to say I agree with in this bill is a, a huge increase, uh, an increase across the board for military and defense spending. It, but it, I haven't yeah. read much beyond that except a few. Oh, man. Here, but the uh, I'm telling you, Horowitz's report. It, <laughs> on the backlash online is, uh, is very, very loud. And whether we see always there are a number of there's an internet army of trolls out there for the left the share blues and the media matters and all the the people they pay and you can see those people constantly attacking the president on on comment sections forums and and uh, websites but when something like this happens where you see a, a small percentage or a nice percentage of the, the base of president trump start to ask questions or question you know what he is doing you see these people come in in droves oh i was once a president trump supporter but if he signs this bill i'm never voting for that lying bleep 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 again and and you can tell somebody who says something like that probably never voted for him in the first place but there are armies of these people out here but we should never there should always be room for criticism and i say this because i saw a video jake morphonius did where he questioned the president on on a, a few things, and he was apparently raked over the coals, you know, called all kinds of names, just for asking questions. And you can't have an atmosphere like that. But at the same time, you have to watch out. No, uh, it's, it's, our, it's our job. I mean, look, I think I think it's it's, it's important. And, and it, okay, that right there, what you just said. I don't care. Insert whatever name, whoever name, whatever name is here. Insert the name here. If you call, if you are like Daniel Horowitz, for example, and say there's, I, I could point ten things out right now that's wrong with this funding bill, and, and if, if if Donald Trump does not veto this, then it's there's going to be problems all over the place. So if if you get raked over the coals for saying that, Joe, uh, yeah, we, this country's we, we we've got a problem because this is one thing conservatives do very well. They eat each other. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Stop eating each other. Stop taking swings at each other. We've got a common enemy in this world, uh, in this land. And I, I, I speak about this all of the time in, in my show, and I know you and John do. But look, 
uh, we have a common enemy, and that's the the progressive, fasc- the leftist fascists that in this country, and the dupes who support these 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 left leftist fascists who want to bring down this country. Now, the majority, the vast majority of these people, are mind numbed morons, in my view. And, and okay, now you might say, well, didn't you just say we should talk intellectually? Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about those people you cannot talk to, who believe that Donald Trump is is you know. Uh, is can't fail. No, no. I'm talking about the people who are specifically anti Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Now, those people, the mind numb morons who say that Donald Trump should not be in office, Hillary Clinton should be. Donald Trump stole the election. Uh, Donald Trump is guilty of crimes. Okay. Uh, really, okay. He's been he's been subjected to a, a what amounts to a, a political colonoscopy for the last year, ever since he's he worse than any in, president yeah. ever. And I'm going to tell you something. They're not going to stop on this Mm-mm. until he's out. When he's out, then they'll stop. Maybe not even then. But their agenda is to take him out. And I think when you look at when you look at this omnibus funding bill, and I know people who who, who have pathways to Donald Trump. I think that he knows. I think he's he's. Uh, well, let me put it this way. Uh, when you get to the level of, let's say, a Roger Stone, for example, I think that perhaps that, uh, uh, little bits and pieces, I, I know Donald Trump goes outside of the normal beltway political circle to get information. And I think that he knows that this bill is a bad deal. Now, what he's going to do about it, I don't know. But I'm very concerned about this, this, this bill. I, I'm yeah. very, very concerned about it. I have not, as I said, really dug into this. I have not. I've only read oh, what incredible. other people have been reporting on on it. And, and, and there's so I, much I, in I here. Download. You can. You, well, actually. So my question is: can, yeah. in a spending bill, can the president veto provisions of the bill, or does he have to veto the whole thing? Because no, on other a, bills he can, but I'm not sure yeah. when it comes to economic bills that he can do that. Let me look at something here because that, that's a good point. If does anyone in, does anyone know that the answer to that question? Who am I asking? I don't know who I'm asking. It, 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 you, you can send a, call, call his cell phone, Matt. Hang on a second. Let me let me let me get Donald I don't, Trump on I don't the phone. Think, um, I don't think he can, but let's do a quick. Um, but but when you take this bill in totality, as Daniel Horowitz uh, states, the bill validates, legitimizes, and codifies the worldview of the Democrats only with slightly less enthusiasm. There it is. Right there, that one sentence. Okay, he I, I would I would say a progressive fascist, but go ahead. 1996, the Line Item Veto Act allowed the president uh. to veto specific provisions that allocate discretionary budget authority, increasing entitlement spending above the baseline, or creating a limited tax benefits. Okay, I'm just okay. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if this bill falls under that. If uh, well, that's not discretionary spending. This is to fund the government. So. Hey. Hmm. To, to me, they're holding Donald Trump hostage on this. Uh, but why so much of what the left wants to get passed? This is what I don't understand. You have the majority in both houses. You have the the White House. Why do you need? You don't need the I, votes I to fund uh, unless you're you're doing this solely for the ten votes in the Senate to be passed sixty, right? Sixty to forty instead of a. Um, it, having an, uh, however, they look, I, an emergency yeah. vote being the vice president. 
And I don't believe that this is some tactic, you know, some strange, uh, you know, 3D chess tactic. No. It's just, no. It's, it's, Could he not know it, what's in it? He has uh, to. I don't know. I don't, how can he not? But, but. It's not like he's going to read it before he signs it either. Well, no. I don't think, I wouldn't expect him or anyone else to read it. Uh, or I mean, I wouldn't, ex- I'm sorry, I wouldn't expect him to read it. I would have other people, obviously, within the staff, within the organization, highlight, you know, how... 23 people, 100 Give a summary. Each. Give a summary. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, and and this is, again, the the the, the article by Daniel Horowitz is, is just right on the money. Uh, now, he does... Let's see. I wonder... He does mention that... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not sure about the veto aspect of the bill. Okay. But... The line item veto on this yeah. bill. I don't. I don't believe it. But but this thing funds Planned Parenthood. You know. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's so, cities. Wait, on, right. On, uh, right. And gun control without without due process. Let me tell you, they're coming for our guns. They're coming for you. This is not a. This is this is for real. The liberal fascists want your guns. They they they're coming after your first and second amendments. Your fourth then via the fourth amendment. And uh, this is the topic in my show. Uh, as well, but it, it's and by the way, you were talking about Whitey Bulger, all right? You're talking yeah. about Mueller and, and Robert Mueller. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and go ahead, go ahead because well, no, it's just uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure how many people have ever watched the movie The Departed or or many other. There's dozens oh, yeah. of movies out there yeah. on Whitey Bulger. It's a fascinating case. Apparently, the the connection there was Robert Mueller was a DOJ attorney at the time, asked yep. to oversee the FBI's involvement in a series of murders. If you remember, the FBI yeah. got in trouble and actually charged with Whitey Bulger for uh, murder because they gave up the identity of undercover informants and also uh, helped Bulger stay out of prison and gave him the heads up he was that they were coming in for him. And an FBI agent was charged and found guilty of murder with Bulger uh, for two confidential informants. But Mueller was tasked to oversee the FBI's involvement in the FBI Boston Organized Crime Division was in the tank for Bulger and completely corrupt. Right. But it doesn't go on any further than that. Well, Sean Hannity was doing a multi-series piece all this week, and I, I on this morning I played, I think, a seven-minute clip from uh, Sean Hannity's opening uh, piece about uh, Mueller and the, and the Bulger episode, which by itself right there should just tell you everything you need to know about this guy. Um, I Look, but anyway... But just to the the people out there, uh, I really believe, to, to everyone listening, I really believe that we are now, we are in the run-up to uh, a number of things. I think that we are going to see perp walks uh, by certain people within the FBI and, and even the upper tiers of the DOJ via the Horowitz report, as well as the prosecutor signed to work with Horowitz, Tracy Beans. I'm sure we'll be talking about that because, in fact, she sent me a message right on that same day that, uh, right, or the, the day after Jeff Sessions had, uh, said, said as much on a, uh, with, with, he was being interviewed by Shannon Bream of Fox News and he, and he made that statement about a prosecutor working in tandem with, uh, Jeff Sessions. So, okay. Uh, or with the Michael Horowitz. Now, you take that and you stack that up against the, uh, Mueller staff of, uh, of Hillary minions and Obama minions, and you take the push for the guns now, and the censorship 
part on the First Amendment. Look at what's going on with censorship. I was on with Keith Hansen this morning. Had a great talk with Keith, Keith Hansen on air on a radio station up in New Hampshire or in uh, New England. And uh, look, uh, so I see. Here's what's coming. I do see some some perp walks, but I, I do uh, I do believe that'll come sometime. And, and you can send me emails if I'm wrong, but sometime from April to to maybe early summer. And in fact, I think people are going to demand it. But with that, the equal push against the gun owners and the equal push to silence conservatives and Christian conservatives specifically on all social media and on the Internet. And I find it very interesting as well. You're you're seeing these interfaith... And how many people... Show of hands here. How many people have seen the interfaith uh, movements supporting... Uh, the gun grabs, the gun gun confiscation, under the pretext of having a conversation about about gun, reasonable gun control. Oh, I saw a church so, blessing AR-15s. See, a lot of okay. pushback where that's you the have other schools side. closing in the in the, the right county, that county, because of the church, you know, having people bringing in their AR-15s to bless them to stay, you know, free from violence and all the other things. But uh, I'm going to tell you right, there's no I'm place for that church either. I don't think. I don't know. Well, I don't know. To, to me, no. To me, that's fine. Bless yeah. my AR-15. Pass the ammunition. Yeah, but you to the church. That just seems a little much. Ah, but. Well, I got no problem with that. These these other people want to make a statement. Come on, come on. Let's get into this. What? I mean, as what? long as your church is okay with it, it's okay with me. But it's not something uh, I would you go bless asking me. for. Hey, pastor, you think we can have a service that we can all bring in our AR-15s? And uh, I think that's them? I think that's a doggone good idea. I don't know. I I believe that's much. a good idea. In fact, bring in my. As a matter of fact, I. I wonder, I'm going to make a call to the church that, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say any more than that. If I called my old church and asked them that, they'd probably call the FBI on me. Let's do it. I, hey, what's the so, old saying? Pass the ammunition, you know. No, um, I know what you're thinking of. I can't, you just said it before, a few minutes ago. Now. Okay, but, but, uh, you know, God bless my AR-15 and pass the ammo and let's, you know, let's so, lock and load. Uh, breaking news here. As, we talked about in the very in the opening of the show. By the way, I'm done playing around. I'm done. <laughs> Seriously, I, I just want to I want I just want to officially say that, Joe. I am absolutely done playing around with with people. I'm done. It's over. It's I've had it. Not 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 with our listeners or viewers, but I, I've had it with the people who are who are just out against everything that we are attempting to do. You know, I was I bet I, I think Joe. Haven't we been nice? Haven't we been nice guys? I've been a nice guy. People, no. show hands out there. No. How many people think I've been nice? Hey, don't answer that. Don't, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Gary, there no. goes Eric the Tech showing not that, not just the hand, but but anyway. No, go ahead. So on Hagman Report and what we talked about in the first hour, the Dow Jones being down over 700 points and the possible tariff trade wars that are coming with China, Beijing warns of retaliation if Trump imposes new tariffs on Chinese. Well, right on the... Uh, front and center on the Drudge Report, China responds to Trump's tariffs with proposed list of 128 products to target. Hang on. Hold on. Hold that thought. i got to address this right now while I'm thinking about it, okay? This is really sad. There are people in our in our YouTube chat room saying, what happened to the moderators? Well, why no moderators? Why is this unmoderated? Here's a sad reality, just real quick, Joe, because I, I've gotten emails from this. I've actually, people have actually attempted to call the office on this. 
why isn't the chat moderated? Let me tell you why. Because we are trying to legally protect you. The moderators who are out there, do you realize how quickly you could be brought into a legal suit in this in this litigious so society? Saying, it's not up to you. It's the lawyer. Well, telling you, uh, I'm not going to. Gonna, do this I am, that. I'm. I'm not going to. Uh, look, you know. Uh, okay, we'll just I, say. Just, just, just watch my head. Of, for the watch sake of my the moderators head. out there, it's a it's a decision to. It's to protect to those people and to protect you as well. Yes, you will thank me later. Okay, so yes, why no moderators? Because you've got vexatious. Uh, I, I'm sorry, little bitches out there. And, and, and I, you know what? I, I'm not sorry for describing them that way. You got vexatious serial stalking litigants out to bring this platform down. And you know what? I'm not going to allow any person who stands up, volunteers their time for this organization to be brought into any kind of legal suit. Therefore, the decision was made. So it is to protect you. That's it. People want to know the, the answer to that question. It was to, it is to protect you. So have at it out there in the chat. Sorry right. about that. Now go back to what you were doing. Okay. So President Trump announced that he was going to put tariffs on goods that are coming to uh, the U.S. from China. So now China has retaliated and many people, this is what some of the fluctuation on the stock market was. Many people were concerned that due to Trump's uh, putting tariffs on goods with China, that China was going to respond by dumping U.S. debt as they are the largest holder of uh, U.S. bonds. And also they were worried about what countermeasures China would take in response to those tariffs. Well, we see their response right now. China responds to Trump tariffs with a proposed list of 128 products to target, which totaled $3 billion in 2017 as import value. Beijing will take measures against the U.S. goods in two stages if it cannot reach a trade agreement with Washington. Recent U.S. trade actions severely damage the multilateral trading system and the normal order of global trade, it continued. The ministry also urged the U.S. to resolve its issues with China as soon as possible to avoid harming the bilateral relationship. And there's more on that story if you want to read it. But a much less severe response than sending back or, or uh, dumping tons of U.S. debt. So a much more tempered and mild response. And I think this might alleviate some of the concern on Wall Street. Maybe it won't, but it's at least a step in the right direction. And if you want a list of, of those goods and, and companies, then you can uh, do more research on that as well. I want to touch on this real quick in the closing minutes. The president and the former vice president have been verbally sparring on Twitter over the last few days. Joe Biden tweeted out that he would beat the crap out of President Trump if they were in high school and he disrespected a woman. Well, President Trump responded, Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. He's actually weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me. For a second time with physical assault. Can you, I, it, he does not uh, know I'm me, but he would go down hard wait, wait, and fast, uh, crying all the way. 
Don't threaten people, Joe. Uh, I would, you know what? He should sell tickets to a Biden Trump fight. I would buy tickets. I would buy tickets. Man, I want to be in the front row because I I could see, I could really see President Donald J. Trump. I would bet on him in a heartbeat. On Joe Biden? No, on Donald Trump. I would bet that he would beat the living, you know what, out of of that that weasel. And Joe, I don't think Joe Biden. Creepy Joe, creepy Joe Biden. Okay, don't tell me that guy's all. In my view, don't tell me he's all there. Have you seen? Just, just. Well, I don't know. Look, I, not, I don't know the videos. Look at the videos. There's videos of of Joe Biden out there, not groping. He's not groping. Oh, I call it groping. He, 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 ever, he ever touched my daughter or granddaughter that way? He would have a new freak, new new hole in his. I'm going to tell you right now, now. Apparently, Joe Biden had a uh, reputation for his handsy ways with. Very young uh, ladies and girls, little girls. If you watch a video, Jeff the, Sessions the, the, actually the, slaps his hand away from her, his own granddaughter. Man, I would, that Biden would not be, I mean, he'd be singing a higher tune. But I don't know, I mean, is it? Wait a second, is that go, the Secret Service the, at the door? Go see the, uh, if you guys want to see the videos, go watch them on YouTube. Last, lastly, in this hour, and then Tracy Beans is going to be joining us. House Judiciary subpoenas Justice Department for Hillary Clinton email investigation documents. Uh, here we go. Uh, Thursday morning, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlatte said to the Department of Justice he wanted to gain access to documents relating to the agency's investigation of former Secretary of State Clinton's private email server in 2016. Goodlatte and the House Oversight Chairman Gowdy requested the documents four months ago. To date, the department has only produced a fraction of the documents that they have requested. Given the department's ongoing delays in producing these documents, I am left with no choice but to issue the enclosed subpoena to compel production of these documents, Goodlate added. So they are going to subpoena the Hillary Clinton email investigation documents in the I House. I love it. I judiciary. Love it. It's, it's all coming to a head. Once they get, you know, Linda Graham... Um, I, I think Linda Graham's going into a hissy fit, Joe. I really do. Linda, Linda Graham. Or Lindsay, or Linda. We'll be right What's back the difference? With Tracy Beans. Welcome back to this Hour 2 of the Hagman Report on this Thursday, March 22nd, 2018. We're going to be joined by Tracy Beans in just a few moments. Want, I have two quick announcements first. Go to HagmanReport.com. There is a new article from Peter Chalka where you, that you can find. Uh, he writes about the upcoming 60 Minutes and Stormy, the Stormy Daniels 60 Minutes piece. And you're going to want to check that out. Also, we have uh, two things going on. First, check out the Health Masters product of the week, the Ultimate Multiple Powder. That's highlighted on our website on the right-hand side. Just buy it. Trust me, you're going to... You know, Joe, sorry. I take the Ultimate Multiple. I don't have the powder. I haven't tried the powder yet. Let me tell you something. You're going to feel different. You're going to feel different, and if you don't, Ted guarantees your money back. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're honest, you're going to feel a lot different. But that Ultimate Multiple Powder... Is the absolute best, and with that thirty percent off, brother Doug thirty. Is the, uh, I'm going to tell you, you, you cannot beat the price, and and that that lasts you a long time. It's the best you can get out there. By the way, am I on Infowars tomorrow? It's Friday. I don't know. I think I might be. 
Oh, hey, yeah, you better do it now. This expires when? This expires. Tomorrow? Do I have ADD? Tomorrow or, or Saturday? Did we find out? But either way, before midnight off, Friday night, I think. 30% off the Ultimate Multiple Powder. There is a link on Hagman Report. It's the first advertisement on our page, right on the right-hand side of the the uh, scroll bar. So make sure you go there or go to healthmasters.com and use promo code DUG30. Also on Hagman Report or go to Coach Dave Live. Sign up and register for the upcoming Occupy Conference being held in Canton, Ohio, April 20th through the 22nd. And it's the Occupy Till I Come Conference 2018. Again, you can go to CoachDaveLive.com, and when you get there, that is the front, uh, first and foremost, that's the page that shows you all the speakers, the details. You can buy tickets there and uh, read about all, all the information from uh, who's coming, where it is, uh, all the airport, hotel, all the information is right there on Coach Dave Live. And let me tell you, the, the, to you listening, if, if you don't sign up for it, if you don't register, if you don't go, I'm not, I'm not going to go. You know, you know, you know who you are out there. That's right. So we have there. with us Tracy Beans. She's a, a frequent guest on the show, and it's great to have her back. You know, we got a lot to get into. Tracy, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Hey guys, so glad to be here. I have to say, honestly, the people that watch your show are so fantastic. I'm in the chat, and everybody is just amazing. I just want to say I love everyone out there. So many kind things to say. My cheeks are bright red. And I'm just so thankful for everyone. So I'm glad to be here again. Well, you know, I'm glad you didn't put that piece of electrical tape over your camera because we can see you. And can you I'm really? kidding. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I just like to freak people out that way. No, um, especially during the breaks. Um, <laughs> no, that's an inside joke here. No, no. Well, thanks for being here. And you deserve all the kind comments. You're a great investigative researcher, journalist, uh, and you get to the bottom of things. And I watched your last series of videos, and I'll just, I, I don't know, you know, spank me hard and call me Sally. Let me tell you, you got so much out there. Uh, thank you for being here, and thank you for everything you do. Let's get right down into it, uh, Tracy. Where do you want to start? I mean, it, the floor is yours because... People need to hear what you got to say about the various topics you're researching, and and I got to tell you, I do think, uh, I thanks for that, th- thanks for communicating with me. Like, rem- it was so great. I was just doing my show, and I, I got a message from you about about the sessions. Uh, quote, I mean, we're on the same page. It's like, uh, I mean, remember that? I don't know if you remember. Yep. Send me. I do, message. of course, I do. The the okay. special prosecutor line. Yeah, I couldn't. I, what would I? It was like, what did he just say? And, and yep. then all of a sudden, Tracy's out there saying, "Do you hear that?" And it's like, "Wow, we're on the same page." So listen to this. Listen to Tracy. She's got she's got our endorsement, my endorsement. So as if wow. you need it, right? So anyway. well, I do. That's fantastic. I couldn't come from a better uh, a better team. That's for sure. Um, there's so much to talk about. I'm glad we have an hour tonight. Last night I kind of just a cr- last time I crammed like a massive topic into like 20 minutes. Um, but we can talk, I can, you know, I have a couple people that I uh, chat with on Twitter that are way better at foreign policy than I am. Um, so I have not gotten to kind of dig into McMaster yet, so we can avoid that or I can share what I've been told, but I can't really speak to that myself right now. Um, so we can get into Oleg Deripaska or Felix Sater or Jack Berkman. You guys go. What do you like to talk about? <laughs> Talk about Jack Berkman. Yeah, uh, Oleg Deripaska uh, is something that we could spend two hours on. I mean, I, yeah. y- you are right on. Remember, everyone listening, remember those names. But let's start with Berkman. Go ahead. 
Okay, so Jack Berkman, we talked about the last time, I think. He's he's the lobbyist Republican guy who he was um the one who did the uh the project to kind of do the um you know, investigation with the college students to see who killed Seth Rich and they came out with the the information that it was actually a serial killer or a hit and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a botched robbery. Do you guys remember that, like, way back in the day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, and then he did, you know, he did, he came on InfoWars, actually, January 2017, and said that he got a bunch of calls from people, and they said that Putin ordered the hit on Seth Rich because Seth Rich found evidence that they had hacked the DNC servers. So... <laughs> It's just been like complete disinformation coming out of this guy from the very beginning, and it's been really weird. He was one of the people that headed up a fundraiser to free the delegates uh, when it was, you know, time for the Electoral College to go in and vote for president. He raised like $500,000. And then after the Seth Rich stuff, he he had a PR rep named Glenn Seelig. And Glenn Seelig was also the PR rep selected by Rick Gates of Manafort Gates fame, um, who was indicted. And the day he got indicted, Gates chose this gentleman, Glenn Seelig, to be his PR representative. And Jack Berkman comes out and does, does a fundraiser for Seelig, uh, for, for Rick Gates's legal fees. And so now he's wrapped into the Mueller investigation. So, Glenn Seelig goes over to Afghanistan and is killed in a terrorist attack. And then Jack Berkman gets attacked in his driveway, maced in his driveway by someone in a black SUV. And he comes out and he says that Seelig's death was an inside job and now they're trying to silence him. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. A couple weeks ago, supposedly, and I say that because I have not been convinced, he was attacked in a parking garage he was shot and hit by a car, and then the car fled, and the man who <laughs> attacked him and was arrested for attacking him was a former, what seems like, DOEQ clearance holder who had worked with him on the project to expose, you know, or do the investigating to figure out who it was that or how Seth Rich died. So... Why was he in a parking garage? Okay, listen to this. It gets even more crazy. He's in this parking garage because this would be the, the, the third in a series of drops that he's picked up um, about Andrew McCabe. And he says that the first two were emails about how McCabe was going to be fired. And the last one that he thought he was going to pick up from an FBI informant or insider was going to be the IG report. And instead of going under this cone to pick up the IG report, he gets attacked. The problem is that somebody witnessed it from the hotel and started screaming, so the dude fled. But first of all, somebody with this background, and I'm going to pull up my research really quickly because it needs research. Um, I, it needs I, I love this. I, I love this. The, you hey, know, this was strange. I, we're reading this. this. I didn't so understand because when John told me this story, first of all, he didn't have all the details, but when I looked into it myself, it didn't make sense that this guy used to work with him, which yeah. just threw me off, because John, I guess he didn't catch that part, because he presented it kind of differently, but that really, I didn't understand, I didn't read any more into that. Well, so I, I, I just, the, and Joe and everyone else listening, go to Tracy Bean's video channel, watch the video, 
But so go ahead, Tracy. The guy, yeah, yeah, the guy that the guy that supposedly did this is his name is Kevin Doherty, and he ran the profiling project thing with Jack. Um, and he's a veteran IC and former Marine. He has a firm called Nexus Consulting, um, which specializes in like piracy, literal pirates on the open seas. That's what he does. Um, and he, you know, he's by all intents and purposes was a pretty high profile guy who probably doesn't seem like the type that would do a hit in broad daylight. They bring this guy's picture to Berkman in the hospital and Berkman says, I don't know who that is. And then they say, it's Kevin Doherty. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. It just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know if Berkman, like, legit was attacked by this guy or if he, like, craves the spotlight or what the hell is going on with this dude. But I got to say, excuse my French, this is just the weirdest story in 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 a really long time. This is just very strange. So that's the basics do, do, on do that you think, Okay. Now, okay, l- let's walk this back, okay, because... Um, there were, this was the third so-called transfer of information reportedly, right? Yes, as per okay. Berkman. Mm-hmm. As per Berkman, alright. The first two, okay, um, walk me back through this again. The first and second ones, were they of any substance and were they legitimate? Do we know? Well, Berkman is quoted in WAPO as saying, who, Washington Post had the best article on this story. Um, Berkman is quoted in the Washington Post as saying that the first two drops were emails and they looked really believable. He thought that they were real, but we, we don't know. I mean, it's all coming from him. He said, I'm in the hospital. I might have a broken leg. I was hit by projectiles. Does that mean bullets? Who knows? It's just very strange. So it was supposedly two drops that he had picked up previously that were emails from inside of the FBI, I guess, between McCabe and whoever as per. Berkman. Okay. Now, now, Tracy, if um, if somebody called you up and said, "Hey, meet me in the uh, lower level of the parking garage at uh, at uh, you know at the corner of uh, five, five or Seventh Street and P uh, Avenue Southwest," would you would you go? And uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you the IG's report. Absolutely not. I don't care what time of the day. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you got to do it that he hides it under a cone in a parking garage. Is that how, what kind of tradecraft is that? That's just it's ridiculous. Well, what I would it's do is Obama tradecraft. Well, I don't know. I'd <laughs> say yes, and obviously you set up surveillance on whatever the well, meeting spot is for to see what's really going on. on. Really, but though, do some kind of you know have some protection uh, okay. and some. Yeah, you're right. And he had his dog with him too. That's the other thing. He what, he's, he's a dog owner. Yeah, oh, he supposedly man. ran Killing away with me. his dash hound who wasn't hurt. That was in the article. Uh, yeah, so. You're killing me with this dog thing now. Because, alright. Alright. So, so, okay. Tracy. More weirdness. One more weird thing. The... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go on. That's okay. The, um, the press release said that the police released has his photo and it says Kevin Doherty 46 of no fixed address was arrested does that mean that they're saying he's homeless does that mean that they haven't been able to get his address does that, he's being held he, without he's, bond. Be, he's between he's between homes like like I'm between like um, yeah I'm between bank accounts right now I'm moving funds around I'm between homes uh, mm. yeah what does that mean uh, that's a good point what does that mean and he and and he you know he had he's 
his everybody that they talked to said it was very uncharacteristic of him to do something like this. Like his attorney, he had gotten a DUI a few months ago or something, um, and his attorney said, I, I can't even imagine this gentleman doing something like this. Um, and his bio is quite extensive and pretty impressive. So it's just a really weird. Something else will come out about it. But this is now supposedly the second like assassination attempt on Jack Berkman in three months. Huh. So it's a strange when that happens. Strange story. <laughs> yes, it is. So, so okay. What's your gut telling you? I, I love asking you this question. What's your gut telling you about Berkman? I mean, it, it, uh, I'd ask you the same question. You know, in the closed office setting with uh, files stacked to the you know to the ceiling. What's your gut? What's your gut telling you in this guy? Oh, he is just skis. Like he's a sleaze ball. I don't trust a thing that comes out of his mouth. He. Everything that he's done, like you could just, you feel him. You know what I mean? Like you get this feeling from him. Just, just looking at him for for five seconds, you kind of are able to read him. He he just doesn't seem like a very nice person. He doesn't seem like he's really he's really never done anything of of note that would make you think that he has any integrity whatsoever. I mean, he's always been kind of sleazy. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what do you think about him? Uh, you know, I, I tend to agree with you on this. Uh, and the more I hear about this, and, and I, I get the, I get the psyche, or I get, I understand the people out there who are, um, in that position. It, it well, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit trail on this, but, uh, okay. There was a question I had for you about Berkman as well. And I just escaped. See, I don't know enough about okay. the guy. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't sound right. But, I, something here doesn't sound right. Yeah. I don't know what it is well, or why that is. But. You, your video, and, and I apologize uh, for really not being able to cite from your video in depth another Berkman attempt in the lawsuit. Explain the, the lawsuit part. Yes, this is another really big one. So I, Seth Rich's family has filed a, a civil lawsuit requesting a jury trial against Fox News, um, Zimmerman, the reporter, and um, Ed Bitowski. Um, and they're basically saying that because of the story that Fox News ran stating that Seth Rich was the leaker, that they've, you know, suffered a r- irreparable harm, their reputation has been you know, messed with, and they're unable to get closure and move on. Um, are, are, know, they so seeking, they, are they seeking? Did, did they want uh, repayment of chiropractic, uh, chiropractic <laughs> treatments? Or are they seeking uh, recompense for uh, uh, medical? You know, uh, exacerbation of pre-existing medical conditions. I'm just asking the for no, no no apparent reason. I'm just asking. Closure yeah. part has no no place in that lawsuit. What's funny is because. Um, they, you know, the mother apparently had some pre-existing medical conditions. It's funny that you say that. I, I wonder why you said that. Yeah, she does have, she's saying she can't get a job now because of the stress and what it's done to her health. So she why? can't get so a job. Really? Okay, yeah, please and, continue. Uh, real quick, let's stop here. So do you think that obviously they're, I don't believe that they were, their, their reputation was harmed to the point where they can't get jobs, but do you believe the pain of their son's death is what's leading this more so than the pain of, you know, what somebody said their son might have or might not have done? See, because I can see the, the having the pain from losing the son and ending an unsolved this, murder with no, thing. nobody ahead, arrested or held accountable, and then people, you know, start to report on it. It seems like they're, she's projecting her, 
hurt towards the wrong people. But it, it, it's a template. It's a template. It a template. Wow, Tracy, it is. it is a this lawsuit is a template. It is a tactic. Welcome to my world, but go ahead, yeah. please. I'm sorry. Yeah, it it absolutely is, and they say things inside this lawsuit that really just make me scratch my head. Um, you know, they state things are false, but they have no way to prove that they're false. They state things are lies, like they use words that sound like they should be in in a PR release rather than a lawsuit filing. They say like, um. Let me pull pull up some of the language here. They say like fringe conspiracy theory, sham story, um, you know, all kinds of words like this fringe conspiracy theory has been advanced by you know Fox News and but the, and then That's they say right wing conspiracy. Yeah, basically. But the thing that really got me about it, like after all the the detailing I did, was this one point. So the Rich family. They say that Butowski basically tricked them into working with him. Ed Butowski is a Republican, I don't know, strategist, donor, you know, high-powered businessman who supports Republicans, right? He 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 contacts the Rich family. The Rich family starts working with him. He says that he'll offer, you know, he pays for Rod Wheeler to come on to investigate the case. They come up with the contract. They basically outline in the contract what's supposed to happen, what's not supposed to happen. In the contract, it says Butowski is not supposed to guide the investigation. Wheeler's not allowed to speak to the press without written consent of the parents. But they want him to try and figure out who murdered their son. And then in the lawsuit, it says Wheeler comes back to them with information about what he thinks could have happened. And Joel Rich says, that's not true. Well, then why'd you bring an investigative team on if you already know what's true and what's not? You know, and he, he, they basically state, like, there's no way that Seth Rich could have been, you know, our son could never have done this and gotten this stuff from the DNC. Well, how do you know? You know, it's just, it's it's fluff. It's fluff. And I, right. I will tell you. Yep, yep, yep. I've been on that I'm side sorry. of the, uh, no, I, you know what, Tracy, I've been on that side of the fence. And if I would have gotten that reaction from a client, I don't care, you know, it, Look, you you develop information, you you get the facts, you provide the evidence to, to the client, in this case the family, and have the family coming back and saying that's not true. There's something really, really not right there. But go ahead. Right, it, and that's in the lawsuit as as you know. So you can obviously he's not the, the, the attorneys wouldn't put that in there and then backtrack it. That's what they're going to go with. That's what they're going to run with. Um, and the thing that got me about the whole thing is like. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Darn it. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so Not sorry. Not your fault. Not your fault. Um, it comes with age, though. Trust me. When I, I, I don't think it's worse, Tracy. Um, but, no, you're doing a good job on this because it, this is important. And, and I, w- I want to say that this lawsuit This go ahead. You got it? Go no, ahead. Keep going. I'll remember. <laughs> okay. This lawsuit, understand, I want everyone to understand, um, this is part of the attack it's and everyone is going to be affected ultimately uh, in one way shape or form but those people on the receiving end of the lawsuits compare the language in the lawsuits do me a favor everyone compare the language if you are a defendant compare the language with we'll say oh Brennan Gilmore v Alex Jones Alan B West et al okay compare the language go ahead Tracy yeah, it's likely a cookie-cutter sort of thing. Um, what I was going to say is Rod Wheeler back last year filed a lawsuit as well saying he was misquoted 
in the article trying to like basically remove himself. No, we know we had Cy Hirsch who came out and said, well, he wasn't killed because of the stuff that he gave, you know, from the DNC. He was killed in some other way, but he did take the stuff from the DNC. And then he walked that back and said, that I was just talking out of my, you know, the side of my mouth. That, that's a little crazy. Long story short, Rod Wheeler, because of this whole article and all this craziness that went on with Fox News, who apparently spent a lot of time and money on this story, and Ed Batowski, in the lawsuit, they use a text that Batowski sent to Joel Rich, where he says, Zimmerman knows who killed your son. If you want to know, we can tell you. That's literally in the lawsuit. She knows who did it. That's what he says. So they so know. Wait, yeah, wait. who said this? What? So this th- th- that bears repeating. Go ahead. So yeah, let me pull that. it up for you. Hold on, I'll actually read it from the lawsuit itself, so that you guys. This can is why hear. we like Tracy Beans, folks. This is see, she digs, and she's got, she's a beautiful looking woman, but she's got the nose of a bloodhound. Okay, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that didn't come out right, did it? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's a compliment. I'll take it. So. <laughs> In the lawsuit, it says this. This is what it says. Butowski's outrageous conduct also continued. On May 25th, 2017, he wrote to Joel in a text message designated private message not to be shared. Butowski continued to exploit Joel's emotions. And this is what he says. I kept thinking at some point you would explain the things written about me were not true, but you never did. The idea that I conspired to do something which I have no idea what that could have been is complete hogwash made up by this jackass, Brad Bauman. In the meanwhile, you should call Malia Zimmerman. She found the person and the gun that was used to shoot your son. That is what you wanted, correct? If you want her phone number, text me and I'll send it to you. When you find out who did it, you're going to be very, very emotional. Okay. Wow. Why would Batowski text that to Joel Rich? He has not lied about a thing. The dude has maintained the same story the entire time. So let's take that and put that aside for a second and move on. Rod Wheeler files a lawsuit saying that they misquoted him. Now he's in this big firestorm. Uh, Batowski's attorneys right now have a motion to dismiss for that lawsuit. And I feel like Inside of this this filing, you can see that like Wheeler is working with the Rich family on this because I feel like they know that his lawsuit's going to be dismissed, so that they're wrapping him into this one as well as kind of help. And if you look in Pacer, the two cases are actually tied together under Associated. And so that, there it is. And that's really interesting to me. So. And as well it should be, and and that's again that's why you are who you are and you've got the reputation that you've got because just follow the bouncing ball and uh, look at the associations. Um, Pacer, by the way, is a public platform. For those who don't know, it's the electronic records of of lawsuits and it's available to the public. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, um, if, you know, Matt Couch and his team have really done a fantastic job on this investigation. I mean, they focused on this from the get. They haven't stopped. They have gone and gone. I worked with them for a while, and I stepped back from it about eight months ago, but they have kept going, and the research they've done on this particular case has been really eye-opening. So if anybody wants really up-to-date, they're going back to Washington again soon, I think, to keep going. Um, they're not letting it go. They're not letting it go. So... Keep your eyes oh, peeled okay. there. 
So, so Tracy, and I don't, and you can answer this, or you don't have to answer this. This Seth Rich homicide, uh, to me, is so interesting. Every aspect is interesting, from his position to the manner and mode of his death, to the time lapse, to the lack of, well, to to the DC police kind of not really doing a doggone thing about this, at least not by the book. So, my question to you is: What do you, th- if you had to? Just hazard a guess or a educated uh, assessment on, on on the homicide. What, what do you think happened? Because we, we can't afford to forget about Seth Rich. No, we could all we could all one day be Seth Rich. We could, and you know, it's sad to me because the mother is out on TV and she's crying, saying that you know everybody thinks that her boy is a traitor, and I say absolutely not. You know, a good you know half, if not more, of the country thinks he's a hero. Um, so that's just completely misguided. Uh, but um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I focused a little bit that's less fair. on. Yeah, I focused a little bit less on the the technicality of how it happened and who did it than the leading up part to it because I can't get. I just can't do it. I just can't investigate that part of it. Okay. The way and, it should and, be. And that's actually that's a that's a, the the proper answer because you don't have. Um, really the, the, nor would I have the, the resources to investigate it in the manner it should be, and, and that's having the latitude of a homicide investigator. Um, and those people who believe that Seth Rich was a hero, when I said we could all be Seth Rich, I'm just saying we, we could all end up, you know, dead, I suppose, yeah. as, you know, uh, but go ahead, uh, wow. This hasn't gone away because it's literally the beginning of everything. You know, the DNC, Guccifer 2, it's, it's all wrapped together. This is so important, and I'm so glad. Usually this stuff happens and people just forget about it after a little while. Seth Rich is not going away. It's, it's two years, coming up on two years that he's been, um, he's yep. sadly been dead. And it's just people won't let it go until, the thing that really bothered me about the House and the, the, the report that came out today was that, they in there they state that Russians were able to you know get into the political system the systems of the political parties and and grab information and that just while there was so much good stuff in there that really frustrated me because this is so important like we can't let this go this was not a hack from Russia especially not the DNC leak you know maybe I mean Podesta was fished but the DNC portion of this thing. I, it's just <laughs> again right out of the park. Uh, the, the DNC did not experience a hack from Russia or anyone else. It was a it, it, the. I mean that's been. I don't know how anyone can not get the fact that the transfer rate was the equivalent of somebody downloading into a to a, a thumb drive or a hard drive. And 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 this end of discussion. You're not going to hack yeah, at, at that at that transfer rate. So. Was I mean, we were able to find that with some really amazingly brilliant people and the actual files they released to us. So why right. can't they figure this out? Like, you're just going to trust the word of, like, CrowdStrike? And, and uh, come on. I mean, that part, I go. will never let it go. I will I will scream that from the rooftops forever. Um, it's just yeah, too important. And, and that's where the FBI... Uh, Mopes, the upper tier mopes, not the rank and file FBI, but the upper tier mopes were, in my view, involved in this. Uh, and why it's, it's so critical to understand the uh, FBI slash DOJ corruption at that level, uh, and who was who was on board or who was on the seventh floor, 
uh, the DOJ at the time this was taking place. So, yeah, you're right on the money with all of this. Uh, I'll shut up and you just continue. We'll, we'll just be quiet and continue because you got so much great information. <laughs> that was a great half hour on Berkman Rich. Um, I love talking to you guys. This is like awesome. Um, no, we love having you. Do you want to talk about uh, Felix Sater a little bit and how there's yeah. yet another intelligence community person involved with this whole Trump-Russia situation? Yeah, and I think, if you don't mind, kind of set us up as to who Sater, uh, who Sater is, because a lot of people don't know, and we need to remember, know the names. I mean, folks, get a pad, get a piece of paper and a pen and write down the names, remember the names. So, Sater, let's talk about him. Okay, so we'll go through a little bit of history about Felix Sater. Felix Sater was um, <clears throat> was a friend of Michael Cohen, Trump attorney Michael Cohen, from way back when they were kids. He was an immigrant who came over from the Soviet Union when he was very young, and he's been in, you know, he's he's an American now, and he'll say out of one side of his mouth that he's an immigrant, and then out of the other side of his mouth that he's not, um, depending on what the question is that you're asking him. Um, he's the one who sent the email to Michael Cohen saying that they were building, they were trying to get a building built tr- in a Trump Tower built in Russia before, right before Donald Trump started running, and then in the very beginning of the campaign, there was a letter of intent signed by Trump to build this building in Russia. Um, it fell through; they weren't able to get the funding, but Felix Sater was the one who was working on it. Now, Sater makes himself very important to Donald Trump. Um, but Donald Trump has always been like, as soon as Donald Trump found out way back years ago, um, a deal happened in Florida that really didn't work out. And, and Donald Trump found out that Sater was not on the right side of the law a lot of the time. He cut ties with him, basically, and said, you know, that enough of that. Sometimes your partners turn out not to be such good guys, was I think the quote that he said. Um, but Sater maintained an office in Trump Tower, and he was basically a real estate developer, so he would license or try to license Trump's name to his buildings to make money. It's a win-win for the for Trump because he doesn't have to put up any money to develop the land or build the buildings, but he gets licensing fees if the building is successful. If the building fails, then Trump can just say, oh, I didn't have anything to do with that building. They couldn't get it built. So it's really a win-win for Trump when he licenses out his name, and he's done it a lot over the course of his career. But Sater was never able to get a deal done for him, not one. Um, but he was friends with Michael Cohen. So anyway, during the campaign, Sater wrote an email to Michael Cohen saying, I will reach out to, to Vladimir Putin and I'll get him to help you know, Trump get elected. Very overt, blatant, crazy way to write an email. It's It's just, it's like the Papadopoulos emails were. You know, they're so... Like, oh, we should have Trump come meet with this Russian who can help him get elected. I mean, who really talks like that when they're trying to set this stuff up? <laughs> Good it, point. It, it's just so obvious. Like, it's just over, you know, like, it's just yeah. like Lucifer <laughs> 2 saying, <laughs> it's just like Lucifer 2 saying, I'm from Romania. Look at my Russian footprints all over these files. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway. Well, if I can, if I can just say this. To, to those people who believe, to, to, to what you are saying right now, to the people who believe that uh, um, Christopher Steele wrote that 35-page dossier, when you read the dossier, you, that dossier was written by someone whose language, primary language, was not, and this is my assertion, I agree with Jack Cashel, it was not written by um, a person whose language, 
first language was English. That is somewhat kind of uh, buttresses what you said with respect to the phrases used, although somewhat similar but not exactly to what you were talking about, Papadopoulos. But, but go ahead. And, the, and real quick, Tracy, the Guccifer, there was news out of the Hill just from a few hours ago. They say that the hacker Guccifer 2.0, who claimed credit for the hack on the DNC during the 2016 election, accidentally revealed himself as a Russian intelligence operative, according to the Daily Beast. Oh, jeez. And they go on to say how this happened. His identity was as a Moscow-based Russian intelligence operative. Uh, was acci- He forgot to activate a virtual private networking service meant to obstruct the operative's location before logging on. The result was his Moscow IP address being caught in the logs of U.S. social media company, allowing U.S. investigators involved in the Mueller special counsel probe into Russian election meddling to track the operative. Now, mm. I don't know how accurate this is. This is from The Hill. You have to do your own research, but that's what is being reported just today. Let's let's re- let's put Seder aside for a second then and talk about this because um, this is important. So my wheels are turning as you're saying this stuff. The New Yorker had a piece that came out a few weeks ago, and in the in the piece, I think I talked on the show about it that night. They basically, for the very first time, admit inside that piece that the DNC issue could have actually been a leak and a hack together. Christopher Steele wrote a page of the memo that we haven't seen yet where that is stated. There was more pages to that memo than what was released to the press. So supposedly that's in there. And in addition to that, they say that Mueller is investigating a murder, but it's not the murder of that Russian that we think it was over in Russia. It was the murder of somebody had to be here because he has no jurisdiction to investigate a murder overseas. So I started speculating, like, is it possible that this whole Seth Rich thing is getting tied into Mueller somehow? And now with you saying this, it's it's just all coming full circle for me in my head. I have to dissect that that article a little bit and then come up with a theory. But they were going to try to, they're going to, oh, goodness. It's really sad what's happening. We need to get the truth out there. It just frustrates me. And, and you're you are a truth teller. In my in my view, you have done more to advance the, the little things bother me. Uh, I often say that in my morning show. Little things bother me, and it's the little things that will trip up the um, the plotters, the schemers, the the, the perps. And I, and, I, and you're you're catching these little things, and I believe that that's. What separates your work from others? So you've got our full support, and and again, my endorsement for your investigative skills. But so this Thank is you. fantastic. What you're talking about here, it, all of this needs to come out. It it, it yeah. does. I, it's enough already. Like seriously, you're enough right. already. You know, I'm I'm so frustrated with it all. It's happening. Things are happening. Like don't get me wrong. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm very uh, sort of encouraged about the progress that we're we're seeing. I cannot wait for this IG report to drop. But the fact that they're just trying to push aside the DNC server, which started this entire thing as just another Russian. That's. I mean, I, I just can't. I can't let that go. I just can't. There's got to be a way to get that out. How does, okay, now, in the larger picture here, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the Awan yeah. Cabal. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this just mushrooms out. This is much bigger than anything we've ever seen before in our lifetimes, um, ever. So. I know. I was talking to my dad last night and I was, he was like asking for an update because he, he likes 
<laughs> he likes listening to this stuff. So, so I was is giving he, him. Is my he listening? Plea. Hi, Dad. Is he, <laughs> you should be proud of Tracy, your daughter, if he's listening. But Thank anyway, you. go ahead. I was giving him my update, and I said I should have one of those walls with the with the yarn between all of the pictures. It would cover, you know, a football field size wall. Everything Come to our is office. connected. We've got, oh, we've got, I've got a wall like that with, with pictures and, and actual yarn because I'm, I'm that kind of guy. So, um, I am you're coming right. to your office. Let's I do will it. come. Yeah. You just tell me when and I'll be there. Um, anytime. So your doors are open and I'll tell you what, we could, we could have, in, in fact, we'll have strategy sessions. We'll have you on and we'll have a week of Tracy Beans and, uh, oh Hagman Investigative Crew. How's that? Let's just roll. Oh, that and sounds roll. like so much fun. All right. Done. Cool. All right, we'll, good. We'll just, so we'll schedule that up. Um, right. Do you want to go back to Seder? <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've taken you off your, your stride, go ahead. Sure. That's okay. Basically, Seder writes this email to Cohen, and all of a sudden, the Russia investigators are all like, oh, you know, Seder's involved. Look, he was trying to set this up for Trump. He's connected to Trump. He's a Trump guy, and Michael Cohen was working with him. Michael Cohen, uh, I got my problems with Michael Cohen, guys. I'll be honest. Um but we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, long story short, it turns out that Loretta Lynch mentioned Felix Sater in her questionnaire about when they were trying to confirm her for attorney general years ago. She says, really? the de- yeah, she says the defendant in question, he was an informant for the government. Now, apparently, he was responsible for some major, major, major stuff like getting back stolen nuke level stuff. I mean, the dude was like hardcore, not even just like something little. This was, here's Osama bin Laden, guys. I've got his phone number, and this is his location level stuff that Felix Sater did. This is what this man did. He worked for the government, and now the government's trying to say that he was, you know, they're trying to use him as like almost like a patsy, but I think he was planted there in the first place to do stuff like this. Um... I'm not really positive about it, but it seems like Manafort, Papadopoulos, and Seder are all kind of working for someone else. Popped it, into the middle of this Russia story. Okay. So. Manafort, Pap- Papadopoulos, and Seder. And Gates. And Gates. Mm-hmm. Papadopoulos, like, I'm mm. nearly certain. The ties to Clinton, I mean, whew. There's a lot yeah. there. Yeah, and definitely. Has, yeah, and then, you know, you don't just have this random kid travel over to London and then sit and meet with Alexander Downer, this this high-level guy that just happened to do all this work with the Clinton Foundation, which is ongoing. I mean, that's just, that's just a little convenient. And then we have Deripaska, who's also... Deripaska is tied to Manafort, who did lobbying work and stuff for for McCain. He, he's very buddy-buddy with McCain. Today, a story came out that Oleg Deripaska, the Russian oligarch who had an op-ed in, I think, the Daily Caller a week and a half or so ago, he's, he paid Christopher Steele for the dossier as well. So I now read we've that, got, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just getting more and more complicated, but more and more is coming out. So I have a big Deripaska expose coming out in the next couple of days. I've been working on it for a while. I, I, and, and folks, uh, when that comes out, please uh, go to Tracy Beans, uh, B-E-A-N-Z, her YouTube channel. If you have not already subscribed, do subscribe. Watch her videos. I'm going to tell you, Oleg Deripaska is one to watch. The connections here, I, I believe, are falling into place. You're making some great connections. More yarn, please. We need, we're going to need a bigger wall. 
Yeah, I know. I, I like need to say in the office. You know, I know. But, yeah. It'll be a really big wall. By the time we're done, everyone's going to be looped into this. Do you see, like, everybody thinks it should be really easy to just take this down. Do you see how many, I mean, there's, like, foreign governments involved in this. This is not just, you know, corruption in the United States. The, these people went out. It's the globalists. They went out and they grabbed people in their networks to do this. That's how much of a threat Trump was, that they had but, but, to go to this this length. And we're, we're going to, by the way, folks, we're going to have Diana West, author of American Betrayal, on next week. I, I invited her for, uh, I think it was uh, for an hour and a half, 90 minutes. She's gracious with her time. But but she posits, and, and I have to just say this to you, Tracy, and, and everyone listening. Uh, her question is this. Could, could all of the, that, what we've seen, what we're seeing now being exposed, basically, let me paraphrase and kind of rephrase her question in, in my words. Basically, are you telling me that everything we're seeing right now, that the, the people who put their careers on the line, they all did this because they loved Hillary Clinton so much that they're, they're willing no. to commit treason? Or no. is there something more there? Lots more. There you go. That's Lots right. more. This is what it is. It's, and I said this about McCabe when he was let go. It's not about loyalty for these people. They are loyal to no one. They're loyal to themselves. Anything they can do to save their own hide, they'll do it. They don't care about these other people. Barack Obama doesn't care at all about Hillary Clinton. He just knows that if they take down Hillary Clinton, he goes down too. It's a big web of all the nonsense they have on one another and how they've all broken the law to such an extent that if one little straw comes out, the whole house falls down. And so they try to support one another because they know if this person goes, then I'm going to be found out too. And it's a big web that you're just going to take a, a hand and, and wipe through. So McCabe doesn't care about Jim Comey. McCabe probably hated Jim Comey. Jim Comey was like a showboating FBI director, right, who kind of walked around like he was, you know, top dog and left McCabe to do all the grunt work. That's why he threw him some shade on his way out and basically showed that he perjured himself. I mean, <laughs> that's basically what Comey, happened. I got to tell you, Comey left the office like Thursday. And came back on a Tuesday as director yep. saying, hey, Andy, handle things. I'm going to go out and be, you know, uh, tend to the garden with my wife for a while. That, 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 that was Comey's management style. Just so in case people don't understand what kind of FBI director Comey was. He was a guy that would leave early, maybe Thursday, and wouldn't come back until Tuesday. If, if, you know, maybe before lunch in a, in a polo shirt and, Mm-hmm. Well, me t- tossing everything to McCabe, and you did a great video, by the way, four days ago about the breakdown, of the firing of McCabe. I recommend everyone, everyone should re- review that video, Tracy Bean's channel on Thank you. the firing. If you want to uh, get into McCabe a little bit, because all of this, again, you're right, this all ties together. Yeah, we can get into McCabe for a second. Um, don't let them convince you that like normal FBI agents that actually do their job actually think that this is a bad thing that's happening above them. They're actually probably very relieved that this is happening right now because they saw what happened politically to this organization that is supposed to be apolitical. And I'm telling you that the change in leadership is not a bad thing in terms of most of the normal agents that are doing the, the you know the right thing daily um McCabe the OPR um a, a Mueller impo- appointee actually was responsible for recommending that McCabe be fired and the reason why he it was you know the IG report basically the IG recommended to the office of professional responsibility that McCabe be let go because of what 
he was responsible for doing. Lack of candor means lying, blah, blah, blah. But there's more. In the OPR guidelines, they basically say, first of all, this never happens. Don't even bother trying because we don't fire people. We only fire people in extreme situations. And likely when we're doing investigating, the people being investigated, they don't even know anyway because it never pans out. That's in their regulation. <laughs> so this is a big deal. So it is. Yeah. The, yeah, and the OPR says you're not allowed to have can- counsel um, unless, basically, if there's legal trouble, you can have counsel. They can only be representing you, and they can't be an advisor. You have to bring them on as counsel, and only in these certain situations are you allowed to have counsel. And we know that he had an attorney because his attorney blabbed his mouth off right after he was let go, saying... You're not allowed to, they didn't give us this information that they were, you know, we asked for. So we couldn't raise a, a, a proper response to this and, and, you know, rebut it and, and come back. They had months to do this, first of all. But the only reason why they wouldn't have received information, if you look at the OPR guidelines, is if it's being used in a grand jury proceeding or a criminal proceeding, the OPR will not release information to the person being investigated. So I ran that by a few people that I researched with and said, it looks like McCabe is facing indictment. Here's why. And they agreed. We think that he's facing indictment and that the reason why his attorney, based off of what he said, didn't receive those documents that he was looking for is because they're being used in criminal proceedings right now and the OPR is not allowed to provide them to McCabe's attorney under the OPR investigation. And there it is. And and you absolutely 100% correct. I mean, um, I've gotten the same information with respect to the documents because of what, what other explanation would there be in that particular case? Really, there, I can't think of any. Yeah, no, there there really there isn't, and that's what really got like got us going. Like, yeah, he's definitely facing charges for sure, and the fact that his lawyer let him do what he did on his way out, maybe they don't know that he's facing charges yet. I can't. Um, I can't see that that hmm. being the case but I can't believe he was allowed to run his mouth and I can't believe his attorney ran his mouth now the attorney months ago was saying oh thank goodness we're going to have an inspector general come in and do an investigation this is what the country needs now he hates the IG and we found out McCabe had launched an investigation against Sessions that Sessions didn't even know about and they're trying to say that he fired him out of retaliation the investigation was closed I <laughs> Get your scorecards out, folks. Uh, and th- th- this is like days of our lives, you know, on steroids. Okay. Yeah. So you've got McCabe in supposedly, well, McCabe investigating Jeff Sessions. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, he did. He, he launched in as per supposedly at the request of like Al Franken and goodness knows who the other one was that was questioning him that day that he was going to be confirmed as AG. Um, and they were asking him about the meetings he had with Russians, the whole reason he recused himself, basically. And they asked for this investigation to be opened, and McCabe opened this investigation because they thought that he was a Russian spy. Give me a, I just can't. It is. <laughs> well, see, the session did an interview today on Newsmax, and he says, I don't know what happened. Attorney, Jeff, uh, Attorney General Sessions told Newsmax TV on Thursday that I do not know what happened on that regarding former Deputy Director McCabe, who was fired last week, saying he investigated him on disclosures to Congress about his Russian contact. I was pleased that they issued a statement saying that's not so, Sessions said on the Tony uh, Schnitt show. 
He also went on to, or ABC News also reported that McCabe was overseeing a federal criminal investigation into whether Sessions lacked candor or lied when testifying to Congress last year about his dealings with Russian officials. Then they go on to say that uh, Robert Mueller's offer, office told Chuck Cooper, attorney for Sessions, that he was not under investigation. So, obviously, this matter was closed, or is closed right now. This is why he's saying he's not under investigation. But I think Sessions might be under the impression that he never was under investigation, with a comment saying, I don't know what happened, well, and I'm glad they said that's not so. He might you know, I don't confused. blame him. He's a little busy right now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, geez. Um, do you guys realize, like, another thing that I, I noticed and picked up? Grassley sent a letter last week or the week before, and there was a footnote in the letter where it says, if you're not going to appoint a, a second special counsel, please at least appoint a special prosecutor to work with the IG. And I'm like, he did that already. How did you guys miss this? Why aren't you realizing that the dude has a prosecutor working with him already. Now, the special prosecutor can bring charges on people. Can they interview outside of the scope of the IG? Uh, the okay. Ask that question again. I'm, I'm because. So, okay. can can are you referring to the prosecutor or the special secondary special counsel? So we know that the IG can't interview people who have left departments. They're only Correct. allowed to interview people within, which is why everybody, you know, Gowdy and everyone was calling for a second special counsel. But Jeff Sessions says he appointed a special prosecutor, not a second Correct. special counsel, but a special prosecutor to work with the IG. Can that special prosecutor go outside of department um, employees to get information? Oh. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, and, and it's my understanding from that Shannon Bream interview that that you had you had notified me about, and we both at the same time you know realized the, the verbiage of Jeff Sessions. That's the very specific reason why, in my view, that um, Sessions appointed a a prosecutor to work alongside of Horowitz to because Horowitz is confined to the current. Um, members of the DOJ and FBI as Inspector General. Now, a, spe a special prosecutor could, in fact, circumvent the Yates wall that was created, mm. I, it's my understanding, um, within the National Security Division of the DOJ uh, or uh, the FBI. Okay, so yes, the, the short answer and simple answer is yes. And, and I think that's specifically why uh, this second or this uh, prosecutor was appointed from outside of the Beltway, outside of the swamp, and with previous experience in the, in the, and as a prosecutor. So does that, does one more makes sense. Yeah, that's I'm a sorry. great answer. I'm glad you said that because I I wasn't clear on it. I'm you know I'm not a legal scholar and I don't know that I don't know the stuff. I know you're not either, but you know this stuff much better than I do. So, um, I always like to ask you questions like that. Um, so this was the other thing, the the one other thing that we can quickly go over before the time is up. It goes so fast. Um. There were a bunch of people that Grassley had asked to appear before the special counsel that never appeared before, not before the special counsel, before the committee that never appeared. And there's some speculating going on that maybe the reason why is because they're cooperating witnesses in a criminal probe that's ongoing, a.k.a. Strzok, Page, Prestap, um, and one other. I've got somewhat pretty good confirmation on pre-step. Good. Okay, that, 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 
Um, remember when James Comey appeared? He was being questioned by uh, uh, Stefanik in the uh, committee. Uh, Something. Uh, the House Intelligence Committee, I believe it was. Something good came yeah. out of New York for once. <laughs> Exactly. At least Stefanik, I believe, is one of the the, the brightest uh, young members of the House. In fact, the youngest uh, female president or female member of the House. But yeah, I think I think Bill Priestep is uh, the one person and a key person that's turning over, that's flipping uh, others, because you never hear his name mentioned. But go ahead. I'm, time is yours, Tracy. I'm so sorry for even. That's okay. Don't. So, it's your show, guys. <laughs> you got, but, but, I'm just but you got such. Of- Man, you got some some great information, and, and again, I cannot tell. I, I I cannot recommend your channel enough. Tracy Beans YouTube, hook into her, subscribe to to her updates. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I don't know if this is okay. I've never asked before, but there are a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter and kind of toss ideas around with now and again that I think everybody here would benefit from following. Um, I, it's hard for you to say no now, but if you say no, it's okay. Can I, um, can I share some of those with people that, where they can really get some good info and like, you know, top level sort of analysis and stuff? You betcha. Yeah. Look, we all need to work together in this. So go ahead. Okay. So we've got, um, at the last refuge two, who is conservative treehouse. Amazing, amazing site. Um, almost jingo is Rosie unmasked. She's fantastic. Then there's name redacted seven. Um, there is Nick Falco, um, Larry Schweikert, draw and strike and, um, rising serpent. And then there's another gentleman I started following called, um, the underscore war underscore economy. And if you guys want like legitimately, um, like sourced, well thought out, Oh, Vishal Lindsay, too. That's another one. But that's, like, who I kind of bounce off of. And it's really stellar, the work that comes out of that group. I mean, amazing stuff. So follow those people if you want to stay on top of stuff. Thank you for that. And I totally agree with you. In fact, I've got a list that includes those names as well. So we're on the same page. We need, you know, as many people as possible to bounce ideas off, to, to debate, to research and dig into information and, uh, you know, from reading lawsuits, uh, Tracy, to doing the, the research and reading through documents and, and files and whatnot. Not many people, everybody seems to expect other people to get that done. Hmm. And it really is time consuming and we need as many boots on the ground as possible. Yeah, these people that I just mentioned, I can feel like literally 100% confident recommending. Like that happens very, very, very rarely for me. So, just know I feel very comfortable um, recommending their work to people. Like they do the right thing. They have integrity. They're after what we're all after for sure, and um, it's it's the, good. The, My the last refuge, yeah, one hundred percent, as well as uh, uh, Thomas. Uh, uh, you, uh, I'm trying to. There you go. Thank you. I, I always get him confused with someone else, but but yes, uh, Tracy, you're on Gab. You're on Twitter. You're on YouTube. Anywhere yeah. else that we. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm on, okay. I'm on Gab, I'm on DTube, I'm on BitChute, um, all at Tracy Beans with the Z. And my march is coming up in a couple weeks. Um, I really hope to see everyone down there. We're really excited about it. It's going to be a really great day. And are you guys still coming? 
Uh, we've got a conference in April. I, you know what? I don't know. In fact, can we hold the break? L- let's go right through the network break here. Is it too late to do that? Okay. So we're going to skip the network break here. And, oh my gosh. You didn't have to do that. You could have just no, no, We need to do this. <laughs> April 7th, 2018 is, uh, the March for Transparency. So, yeah. um, we're, we're working on some schedule issues. Um, there are a couple things happening in the background here, but okay, regardless, that's fine. you know, we've been to DC for several other things and protests. We went to the Supreme Court with uh, Coach Dave, but we one year with yeah, with, yeah. Uh, it's a it's an interesting thing to do, uh, especially you, Tracy, putting on the the rally. Yeah, I have but, a great I mean, team that works. I'm glad. I hope you can make it. If you can, it's okay too. I'll I'll take pictures for you. We've got a quite the crew coming down, so it's going to be really great. A lot of people are traveling from a lot of different places. You guys made my my uh, trailer video. I sent you guys a copy of it. So yeah, um, yeah. Thanks I, for I having saw me that. on. Thank you. No, no. Well, no. you know what, well, well, Tracy. Look, we have to get together, and I'm serious about this. Um, Folks, this is what happens, you know, really off air, okay? And and we're supposed to be on break right now, network break. But uh, thank you to the network for uh, allowing us to go through this. But but folks, again, Tracy Beans, Washington D.C., April seventh, March for transparency. It doesn't matter if we're there or not. Uh, we're gonna try to get there. But 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 show up for that, and let's let's show support for Tracy. And Tracy, you've got a Patreon account. I do. It's uh, patreon.com slash tracybeans as well. I have a great amount of, you know, great people over there, and we're like a big family, and it really helps me more than you know. So thank you so much for that. All right, kiddo. Well, I want to thank you so very much, and our door is open for you anytime. And I'm serious about, uh, we'll, we'll bring you up to the office if, if you have the schedule, if you have the time, and we'll go through yeah. some investigative work together. That's great. Thanks, everybody in the chat. I love you, too. You're wonderful. And Doug and Joe, I love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. God bless you, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thanks. It was a great hour. Yes, it was. Man, we could we could talk. I could talk to her for days, uh, Joe. I really could. So much to to talk about. One thing we didn't get into was the, I mean, I don't know. Did you see the, I talked about this in the very beginning, the release of the Las Vegas shooter's final days. There was a seven-minute worth a video of dozens of surveillance cameras from a hotel lobby to the service elevators to a restaurant. Really? At this gambling. Okay. So, so, so here they, we are in March. Footage. From the only thing the footage shows is the 21 bags that were taken from his car and uh, taken up to his room over a series of four or five different days. And it seems he was always coming and going with suitcases, but there's nothing out of the ordinary, nothing out of the ordinary in the footage except the luggage. And there's no footage from his, his floor. Um, or or anything of any relevance other than him. You, you know, Joe and I have worked investigations together, and I'll tell you something from from my experience as an investigator. If, if somebody grabs me by the hand and and says, "Here, uh, I want you to take a look at this piece of evidence," or I want you to, 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 to look over here, I don't really. I mean, fine, I'll look over, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "Okay, what are you doing, and why are you making me look over here, and what's going on while I'm looking over here?" And I didn't understand why something like this couldn't have been released within the first week or two weeks of the Absolutely. investigation. It doesn't show anything other than him, you know, wandering around doing his business in the hotel. And there it is. And so there is no reason for that footage to be held back as long as it has. And then, you know, you, you see it released and it, it didn't even, I don't even think it made the Dredge Report. It was on the top of Fox, but, you know, it, I know people still have interest in it, but what they released really gives no answers. We still don't even know a motive. And, yeah. That's unfortunate. It is. Now that we messed up our network clock, our program clock, I apologize, but I want to, again, I want to thank 
publicly. I want to thank uh, Tracy Beans, her hard work, uh, folks. She's a she's a she's got a great investigative skill set, and uh, she's really there's very very little I disagree with her on, if anything. Um, her videos are great, so thank her, uh, thank you, Tracy Beans, thank you, uh, folks, for supporting her and for supporting us. And it, fantastic hour, by the way. And it, this whole understand this, we can make a difference, and I think we are collectively making a difference. The deep state is nervous, and that's why they're striking back. First Amendment issues, Second Amendment issues. They're trying to take our guns. They're trying to take our voice, our guns and voices, plural. And we're not, we are not about to let that happen. No way, no how. Which is why, again, people are, have been asking, again tonight, where's the video? We're doing things to harden our platform because no one is going to silence us. No one is going to take us off the air. And no one is going to, um, you know, we're going to ride the beast. That is YouTube for as long as we can. But I'm going to tell you something. We have to have other venues. You know, um, <clears throat> it was great, Joe, this morning in my office early. The lady's looking at me like, you know, you're making me do this. You're making me come to the office again. What's wrong with you? What I was sleeping. It was about, I don't know, 5-something. Five five. It was late, actually. It was about 5.30. And um, anyway, I, my my phone rings. And uh surprised me. I didn't know who it was. And... Uh, Hey, Doug, it's Keith. What are you doing? I only have 30 seconds. What are you doing? Come on. You want to join me on air? Keith Hanson. And actually, I was so delighted. Uh, Keith has got an immensely popular radio show in the morning, New England. It's just a powerhouse. Uh, The guy is just a a brilliant broadcaster, the Keith Hanson Show. He's a good friend of the program. He's got a loyal and incredibly um, responsive audience up there, 99.7 WNTK. Uh, and I was just so, so humbled by his invitation. So we spent a, a good half hour or so just talking about the issues, talking about um, a, n- a number of things. The latest, uh, the censorship of YouTube censorship, of gun, yep, yep, anybody guns, looking to yep. the sa- uh, sites that sell guns or accessories or ammunition, in as part of their latest crackdown on gun owners. And I don't know, Keith, if you saw this, I'm going to have to find the article again. Something about Citibank, the fourth largest bank in America. Citigroup announces gun control requirements for clients and small businesses. What they announced is the following. and they uh, In a blog post, Citigroup announced that under this new policy, they will require new retail sector clients or partners to adhere to these best practices. One, they do not sell firearms to someone who hasn't passed a background check. Two, they restrict the sale of firearms for individuals under 21 years of age. Three, they don't sell bump stocks or high-capacity magazines. This policy will apply across the firm, including to small businesses, commercial and in, uh, institutional clients, as well as credit card partners, whether co-brand or private label. It doesn't impact the ability of consumers to use their city cards at merchandising uh, merchandisers of their choice. <clears throat> so... Now we see banks entering into this, trying to limit who they're in business with is ability to engage in certain activities when selling guns. Very interesting. Keith Hansen, welcome to the show. Thanks for holding out for holding over. 
Oh, no, my pleasure. Truth. Thank you. And uh, thanks for being a part of the show this morning. And, oh, it was fun. you know, it was uh, just a reminder. You were you were my first radio guest that I ever had on my uh, on my radio show, starting out down at uh, 98.9 WGUF in Naples. And yet you are still doing radio. That just blows my mind. <laughs> well, it started out as a hobby, and uh, you know now it's uh, you know now it's another now it's another you know revenue stream. It's a you know so it's it's viable. Would, and it keeps me going, and you know what? And uh, I get paid to do it rather than having to pay and sit and talk to a therapist. So it just seems to work. I would have thought, though, having me as your first guest would have just turned you off of uh, the platform altogether. But thank you, you know, thank you. No, but, I wait, was actually, I was, I remember, I was, I was so Jones when I, when I, when I got you. I remember I read, and I don't remember what the article was, but it was an article that had somebody had sent me from uh, Canada Free Press, and I read right. it, and I said, man, you know what? That's the kind of guy I want to have on my show. And so I, I reached out to you, tracked you down, and uh, well, it's been history ever since. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got, we got to ask you before even uh, before we go any further. Uh, t- television show, how's it going? Uh, you're because uh, I've seen pictures and uh, there's a lot of excitement brewing behind this. What's 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 up? What's the latest? Uh, well, I uh, two days before the project, three days before the project, I had to fire one of the senior producers, um, and so <laughs> we're we're putting off once again. Uh, but um, I've actually got two uh, pretty heavy hitters that are coming in, uh, two national show creators and executive producers that uh, between the two of them, and I've been working with them behind the scenes now for the past year. I called them and I said, I'm, I'm like, I'm just I'm tearing my hair out here. And uh, they said, well, we're going to uh, we're going to fly up. We're going to, uh, you know, we're going to take the reins on this thing and we're going to help you to get this thing done right. And these guys, between the two of them, have about 60 years of experience in creating shows. And uh, I mean, these are shows that, um, you know, your listeners uh, have come to know and to love. And I mean, these are our national national television shows. And so um, I've got a I've got two people who are uh, really, really interested in seeing this thing not only become a regional hit up here, but also, you know, they're interested in being able to get this out on the national market. So back to the drawing board a little bit here for uh, probably two or three weeks. Um, and uh, when we finally do launch this thing, um, it's going to be better than even what we were expecting to, to, to put out earlier. So um, it's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, I just I, I, I put my faith in, in God that uh, he's putting me where I need to be. Um, and, uh, you know, it was kind of a 13th hour reprieve. So I'm, uh, I'm happy. Like I said, a little bit disappointed, but uh, I'm, I'm happy now that uh, the way things are shaping up. And I know when it does when it does film here in the next, like I said, probably two or three weeks, um, it's it's going to be a powerhouse. So yeah, and, and I just I can sense the I can feel the excitement. There's there's this buzz going on in the I don't want to say entertainment world, but in the talk world that uh, this is going to be something very special. So great job on that. I, I just can't wait. So it's going to be thank good. you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, what, getting back to. Yep. Getting back to Joe's point here with the uh, you know with the banks and all this 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 is you know, this is kind of par for the course it's this uh, this economic warfare uh, especially by the banking sector and we saw this several years ago it was actually right after Sandy Hook we saw this from uh, um, was it uh, Bank of America um, you know where they were closing down merchant accounts of of gun businesses and and things like that um, you know it's always interesting because usually it's the consumer side of things that tend to launch boycotts. Um, you know, and, and here you have 
you know, denial of services, which, you know, again, I, I have to say as a, you know, as a principled conservative, it, they're, they're private enterprises and they're free to do that. As much as we don't like that, as much as I don't like it and I don't think it's right, as a principled conservative, and you and I were talking about that litmus test this morning for principled conservatives, I have to say it's their right to do it. As much as we don't agree with it, you know, I don't want the government stepping in. And, and saying they have to do this, just like I don't want the government stepping in and regulating Facebook or social media. It's a it's a it's a private platform, and they have the right to run it however they want to. Even if that works against us as conservatives, we still have to defend that. And that's you know, and that sometimes that can be a hard thing to reconcile. But again, as a principled conservative, I have to defend that 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 First Amendment right. Absolutely, and we see. Um you know, businesses and whatnot, the banks, and uh, these things come and go as far as uh, after tragedies, and, and they seem to they seem to be response responses to mm -hmm. some of the public's outcry uh, against mm -hmm. guns. But we have this Second Amend anti-Second Amendment march coming up on Saturday, this March for Our Lives. And I was just looking at some statistics here where uh, Newsbusters, the Media Research Center, uh, detailed how the anti-gun rally has gotten uh, 11 to 1 coverage over gun rights advocates and mm -hmm. we see how you know constantly they, they bombard the screens with these kids and this is they're backed by Hollywood and they're going to go out and have this rally on Saturday they're expecting anywhere from 500,000 to 1.5 million people Keith do you see mm -hmm. any, this changing anybody's mind uh, I, I really don't, to be honest with you. It's hollow, empty virtue signaling, and it's what we would expect from children, and it's what we would expect from Hollywood. You know, I mean, it's it's when we when we talk about the virtue signaling, you know, this virtue signaling is very self-serving because it satisfies that endorphin-based rush of feeling good and and that the self-actualization, the higher rungs of Maslow that we talk about. When people go out and do nice things or they participate in these rallies and they, they feel as though they're becoming part of a movement, it's very, very self-serving. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's hollow at its core because there's, there's really no comprehension of what the true issues are. And if you talk to any of these people who are anti-gun, uh, it takes about 30 seconds for you to, to really firmly grasp the concept that they have no knowledge of what they're speaking about. And so, you know, this too will, I think this too will pass. Um, you know, when you look at it and, you know, the, the, the situation that just occurred in Maryland, you know, here's a perfect situation. There's an armed school resource officer that manages to stop a person. I just got a, just got a, a, a flashing here from, uh, I don't know if you heard the ding on the phone or not, but just yeah. had the Associated Press send out a, a thing that, uh, you know, the 13 year old girl is being removed from life support. Yeah, it does appear as though, 16. huh? 16. She's 16, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this teenage girl is being removed from life support and, um, you know, it does appear as though she's you know, unfortunately going to wind up, wind up passing as a result of her injuries. But here's the thing. It was stopped by a good guy with a gun. And, you know, I think we really have to look at that. And it's funny. Shannon Watts from Moms Demand Action comes out today and says, uh, you know, she tweets out, well, the NRA would have us believe this is a victory. Well, you know, listen, it happens. There are things like that that happen. And the fact is, was an armed professional was there to be able to respond in kind and neutralize the shooter. Um, and yeah, I do consider that a victory. Do I consider it a, a you know, a, a good thing that somebody walked into a school with a gun? Of course not. 
But again, banning the firearms, banning the devices, banning all this, and sitting around and having these, you know, these, these wonderful little kumbaya, let's pat ourselves on the back and feel good about how we're out there making some kind of change session that's going to happen this weekend. You know, these people are out there rallying this Saturday. I'm doing an armed citizen response to active shooter class. I got 24 students that are coming in there, all of whom are concealed weapons carriers who are going into a class to learn how to understand what to do in the event that they're in a place that, God forbid, somebody decides to pull out a gun and start shooting people. So, you know, there's two different ways we can do this. I'm going to tell you, 24 people in that room with you, you folks are going to make a greater impact and difference than 24,000 people on some march, anti-Second Amendment march. I guarantee it. And I'll tell you another thing. I would not go anywhere. Uh, without without being armed in this day and age, and, and I and I and I'm gonna tell you this, guys. I forbid my wife, who is very proficient in firearms, I, I don't let her go. Go number one, no gun free zones, and and I don't let her go anywhere uh, without her uh, without being armed as well, especially in this mm-hmm. day and age. But uh, but and, and you do you do a great service by teaching others. Well, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and people are hungry for this, and people are just, you know, there, there's two classifications of people. There's, there's, you have the people who, um, are, are, are willing to disarm, and they're willing to hand their security, and thus their sovereignty, their lives, over to somebody else. And there's other people who say, no, I take personal responsibility for my safety and the safety of my loved ones, and I am going to step up to the plate and do what needs to be done in the event that somebody decides to get stupid and you know that's the kind of that's the kind of person that you really have to look at and say i i applaud that but again you know it's the it's the empty hollow virtue signal and we see this all the time especially from the hollywood crowd so i mean what what do we expect you know do we really expect to take people seriously who make a living pretending to be other people i mean their their entire life is a fantasy existence that's what they do. They are professional fantasy role players. So should we really pay any attention or credence to an iota of political blathering that they happen to put out? Not in my estimation. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and by the way, I would urge everyone, uh, the, the, the first person I've ever heard use the phrase virtual signal, uh, virtue signaling was uh, Keith Hansen. That's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a conspicuous expression of moral values done primarily with the intent of enhancing standing within the social group. Folks, learn these phrases, please. And while we're talking about the Second Amendment, Keith, this just uh, came across my desk. The Second Amendment rights of more than 4 million Americans are at risk due to this latest spending bill. Uh, spending bill. Uh, they said the $1.3 trillion bill that has passed the... Uh, Congress, 256 to 167, says the following. Before Obama left office, he finalized new regulations banning Social Security recipients from buying a gun if they're having trouble managing their finances. 10% of all people 65 and older risk being classified as financially incompetent, or $4.2 million in all. And they're talk- they continue to talk about how the spending bill has the provisions in here to uh, limit these people from being able to buy firearms. Is there any way mm-hmm. to enforce that? based on financial incompetence? Well, I mean, normally financial incompetence, I mean, that would be something if you were trying to appoint a guardian for an elderly person, for a family member um, who had dementia or was in some way, shape, or form incapable of caring for themselves. Short of really putting that into the NIC system, the instant background check, I don't see how that's really possible. 
Um, and uh, again, if you know, is there a the, the biggest question would be if somebody were to be labeled or identified as financially incompetent? I don't quite get what the correlation is between financial incompetence. I mean, I know people who are very very successful business owners who have financed or who have, who have declared bankruptcy two or three or four times, and they they own firearms. I, I don't quite understand what the correlation is between financial incompetence and and being an at risk person from the standpoint of being armed, I, I guess, first of all, the enforcement mechanism would be in question, and then secondly, what would be the mechanism of relief? How would a person seek relief if they were labeled and somehow were prohibited from being able to, to, to purchase or own or possess firearms? And, and who judges that, by and the way? Right. You're right. They are reinstituting the National Incident Criminal Background Check System in this bill. When you say, when you say they're, re, they're reinstituting it? Yes, they're reauthorizing the 2007 National oh, Incident okay. Criminal yeah. Background Check yeah. System. Yeah, and I mean, well, I, I think that I mean the next system. The next system works when the information is actually uploaded into the next system, and that's one of the biggest things. The Sutherland Spring church, uh, church shooter, perfect example. The Air Force never reported the domestic violence battery crimes, one of which I believe was a felony because this uh, mm -hmm. th this guy fractured the skull of his infant son. That's great bodily injury. That's, you know, great bodily injury is one of the two conditions that deadly force can be used to protect against. So anything that would cause great bodily injury, permanent or protracted loss or impairment of a bodily function or organ or could result in death um, is going to be uh, a felony. And so he was able to buy firearms because the Air Force negligently failed to report that information or to dump those criminal records into the NICS system where upon the implementation of that background check, those records would be discovered and the sale would be denied. Okay. So the system works. It's just when the when the information is is actually put into the system, and I think that's one of the big issues. Is you know yeah. uh, the information. I mean, for instance, I, you know, I'm in New Hampshire right now. <clears throat> New Hampshire um, doesn't report mental health findings to NICS. So a person could be hospitalized, and that information doesn't make it into the NICS system. I mean, even potentially an adjudication of mental defect wouldn't make it onto the NICS system here in New Hampshire. Okay. So again, the information is only, you know, the, the, the system is only as good as the information that is contained therein and can be accessed by people on a need-to-know basis. Well, Keith, real quick on this, I don't know how much you saw on the spending bill. Uh, a lot of people, especially conservatives, are having a big problem with it as well as they should. And uh, Jim Jordan said this is the worst bill he's ever seen in the ten, his 10 years in office, worse than anything Obama's ever tried to do. And then you get, I mean, it's bad enough. There's no funding uh, there's funding for sanctuary cities. There's funding for Planned Parenthood. There's very limited funding, if no funding, for the wall. And then you have uh, and all the corruption surrounding that. But then you get things like this, where they're throwing in, you know, these other provisions and and uh, things like I just read about the, you know, the, the background check systems and putting all this into the bill, making it even more bloated. Would you? What, what do? What would you say to to President Trump uh, about this bill? Would you? Do you think he should sign it? Not sign it? I think it needs to go back. I mean, from from the limited information that I know about it, because I haven't really had a chance to dive into it. Um, but the, the the basic bullet points that I've gotten from the bill is, what did you campaign on? 
You know, why are we, why are we now up to, what is it, $21 trillion in debt when you're a business guy, you're a smart business guy, you understand about operating within a budget. So where are these campaign promises? We need to start making good on those. We've, we, you know, you're going to be coming up for re-election just here on Monday when, when he came and, and spoke in New Hampshire. I was in the room and he, re, you know, he references, I don't want to still have these problems, you know, seven years from now when I leave office. And of course that, you know, elicited cheers from the crowd. Referencing, of course, that he would he would be in office for eight years and not four, I would say you need to start making good on some of those campaign promises because you know this is not what the American people voted you in for. Um, so you know I, what, I Keith? It's, I kind of think, and this is just my view, looking at the, the my reaction to this uh, bill, this spending bill. I I, I kind of uh, and, and tell me what you think. It seems like the never Trumpers the. Uh, Republican establishment is really attempting to set Donald Trump up. Well, they have been. I mean, there's still a lot of people in Washington that don't like Trump. Remember, Trump was never supposed to, he was never supposed to be elected. It was supposed to be a shoo-in for Hillary. He was, you know, his own party was against him. The opposing party was against him. The media was against him. He was not supposed to win that election. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that, the, that there are certainly, you know, some players in Washington, a lot of players in Washington that don't like him and would like nothing more than to see him fail so that way they they can get back to business as usual. Um, but I think what he needs to do is be true to what got him elected to begin with, which was him speaking a message of understanding towards the mainstream American. You know, you heard Hillary Clinton in India last week talking about how, oh, well, the people that voted for me were in these, you know, in the big cities. And, and you know, basically what she was saying was that, you know, the, the hip, modern, uh, you know, uh, suburbanites, the, the very metropolitan crowd, you know, who, who uh, eat cucumber salads and, and drink tea, well, they voted for me. But the rest of these ignorant, hill, buck-toothed hillbillies, they voted for Donald Trump. Well, you know, the people voted for Donald Trump because Donald Trump spoke a message that said, listen, we aren't falling in line with, with these elitist progressives, that we understand what we need to do to restore this country's greatness, and I am going to bring those virtues and those ideals to the White House, which is a language that, you know, again, people in the Rust Belt haven't heard for a long time. They've just been referred to as flyover country. They've been referred to as bitter clingers. They've literally been insulted by the previous administration. And finally, here was a presidential candidate who walked in and said, you are valuable. You are important. Your values, what, 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 what you bring to the table, literally and figuratively, what you provide for your families, this is important. Your family is important. Your faith is important. Your patriotism and your love of your country is important. And I celebrate that. And I want to be the president that you are proud of. That's why he was elected. And that's what he needs to stay true to. Otherwise, you know, it could potentially be a bloodbath. And the, the you know, fiscal conservatism, even though he's never claimed to be a fiscally conservative, this is what the, the the country expects from him. And what really is is unfortunate is that the Republican majority Congress, the Republican majority Senate, has allowed it even to get this far. They're voting on it. No opposition. It doesn't seem maybe Rand Paul will pull something like he did last time. But there's no real opposition to this. So uh, the president is being pressured to, to pass a spending bill, and they're, you know, throwing up this this terrible, overbloated bill, and he says he's just going to sign it, and it is is going to hurt him, as you said. It's going to hurt him with his base if he signs this uncontested. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, and, and I would agree. And I think, you know, what, what, what ultimately has to happen, or I think what we need to look at is, is ultimately what happens between now and the time that, that this, um, you know, that this actually does get signed or implemented. You know, there's a lot of things that could mm -hmm. change. And one of the things that we've seen from Trump is, you know, the amazing ability to pull out almost a New England Patriots-esque, you know, down to the bare wire fourth quarter change of, change of play that results in a victory. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm cautious. I should say I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, <clears throat> that could that this could take a, a, a different route that you know the common sense that's being preached by people like Rand Paul and Mike Lee might actually wind up being taken into account here and that um, you know this could wind up changing its course I mean who knows you know oftentimes there's you know there's there's multiple strategies that Trump uses Trump uses and you know I, I think it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen but um i i think I, I think he's i believe he's a smart enough guy not to cut his own throat you and ultimately so. I, I, I have faith I that he's so. going to do what's right yeah i i, I do know. as well i i can you imagine though what, what what he i mean he wakes up in the morning and is facing every single day um any thoughts by the way on, on mcmaster bolton swap here um, not no. I mean, I, I really yeah. haven't even begun to sit yeah. down and analyze it yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I just yeah. It, things just appear to be happening fast. But but the media wants everyone to believe, in my view, that that there's chaos. Chaos reigns inside the White House, Washington, and elsewhere. And I think I think that's so <laughs> uh, so twisted and overblown. But uh, well, you know, I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example. I you know I just told you that we had to put our television project off because I had to fire a producer because the producer was not on my page. The producer was operating on her own page. And when you're working on my project. You're either doing it my way or you're going to get shown the door, that there's no in-between. And so that's really what winds up happening with Trump. There's a lot of people who, you know, Rex Tillerson, I think, perfect example. Rex Tillerson was really kind of going in there with his own agenda, not with Trump's. Okay, well, guess what? There's the doorway. Because when you are on my team and I am your chief executive, it's you do it my way. You're here to further my agenda and my goal, not your own. And I'm kind of saying this in, 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 a, in a duplicious fashion. I'm saying this from, you know, my television project. And I'm also saying this in terms of, of Trump. You're, you're here to further my agenda and my goal and advance my goal. And if you're not going to be a part of a team that's willing to do that, then you're going to be expunged. That's right. And that's how it has to be sometimes. Keith Hansen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we know great, you're so busy. We, great yeah. that you got a chance yeah. to come on today. And we'll be keeping you in our prayers. And that project will get off the ground when it's meant to. Yeah, Absolutely, it will. And I'll urge everyone to listen to your program every morning, Keith Hansen Show. Thank you, Keith. So very All much. right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be right back after this. This is the Hagman Report for today. You're listening to the Hagman Report on Global Star Satellite Radio Network, of course, BTR, YouTube, all the platforms. I want to welcome everyone listening to this broadcast, including those in California's 43rd district. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. For those people out there in California, the West Coast. It's often called the Left Coast. Why do we put up with this? Why do we call it the Left Coast? Why do we even put up? Why do we tolerate uh, this? I'll tell you why. Because. Well, because many times we're lazy. Many times we 
feel we don't have the choice, but now we do have a choice, at least in the 43rd District in California. With us is Mr. Edwin, uh, I'm going to screw this name up, Duterte, I believe is how he, Ed, Ed, We have a, a, a real gift for messing up. Yeah, I, let me tell you, we, we could screw up the most simplest word. Um, we make word salads every day, but nonetheless... Uh, sir, welcome to the broadcast, and please, uh, if you don't mind, pronounce your last name. In <laughs> Th- yeah. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, my name is Edwin Duterte, so it's it's okay. D-U-T-E-R-T-E, Duterte. So it's like uh, do and then the number 30 without the H, Duterte. Duterte, okay. Thank you so much. We didn't do too bad then with that. No, you did. Excellent. All right. All right. All right. Now, you're running against uh, Maxine. I'm, I'm really a nutbag uh, waters, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic Waters, yes. Yeah, I'm running for Maxine Waters. Uh, she has been a congresswoman for over 29 years, and uh, she has done absolutely nothing to help uh, our poor in our district. And, she, you know, in the past 27, 28 years, she's only passed, I believe, three laws, and one of the laws was to name a post office after one of her friends. So she definitely has a 99% failure record, and we need to expose that. And some Sometimes, um, you know, people in our district, uh, like you say, they are they get complacent, they get a little lazy, and they don't do the research. And I want I want to be here to tell everybody in the district that Maxine Waters is a 99% failure based on her record. Okay, man, it's this is. Let's, um, I, I, I want to say, I just want to say this, folks, go to Duterte for Congress The link is going to be in the program description. Also, follow uh, you can. Contribute uh, the contribution site is edwinduterte.com. Duterte for Congress.com is the main website. Facebook, Duterte for Congress, Twitter, and Gab at Duterte CA. Uh, LinkedIn as well. So you've got all of the digital platforms covered. And if you have a hacker report, there. yeah, for ahead. today's show, there are links to the uh, Duterte.com as well as links to. Uh, the for Congress page. You just go to Hagman Report, click on the full shows for today, and there is links there in the schedule. Um, Edwin, I'd like to get this out of the way first. This was a piece from 2017 from Think Progress. Republican <laughs> challenging Maxine Waters is using a white supremacist platform to promote his campaign. So I dig through the article, I read through it, and what's their beef with you? You are on the alternative media social media platform Gab AI. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how, uh, how dare you, sir? How how dare I use a platform to get the message out? No matter how the you know who, who the platform is made for or by, uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm amazed when, when when I saw that that they were calling me a racist. How could I be a racist when number one I'm a minority and I am very sensitive to minority issues and ethnic issues? How can I be a racist when uh, some of my friends are almost you know 90% of my friends are 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 different background and different ethnicity and different nationality than I am? I hang out with uh, you know uh, many Caucasians. My my girlfriend is Jewish. My uh, best friends are you know black African American. I hang out with uh with you know uh, I know and associate with uh you know people in the in the so-called hood and you know many many of my friends are Asian Americans so you know and I I'm even known to uh be 
uh, and hang out with uh, guys who have low riders and who talk with weird accents. So it's just funny when the left is trying to say that I'm a racist. <laughs> it is. It, it is. You can't make this stuff up, man. You no, just can't. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Uh, okay. So so okay. Um, <laughs> give it. Yeah. After that. <laughs> Give us the layout of the ballot. It's it's you versus Maxine. I I couldn't believe I said that out loud last time. Waters, you be you you versus Maxine Toxic Waters, right? That that's yeah, the yeah. Light, simple as that. Election day is when. Uh, well, the, uh, we have a we have a jungle primary in California. So our primary, the ballot is June fifth for our primary. However, half of the votes are going to come from mail-in. So, uh, so we're going to see our district get our mail-in uh, ballots in mid-April, and uh, I think there's two or three weeks of of them, uh, you know, for the mail-in ballots. So, you know, uh, yeah, and we're going to need to get in the in the top two. California, it, they don't do. You know the top Democrat and the top Republican and the top Libertarian. What what California has done is they pick the top two vote getters in the district. Uh, you know in the race to go to the general. So in in our case we could have two Republicans, we have two Democrats, or we have one of each. Thank goodness in this race, uh, you know the Democrats try to insert another Democrat to uh, try to get the top two. You know, good thing for us, and this is unofficial. It looks like Maxine is the only Democrat in this race, and the other Democrat uh, did not get the adequate enough number of votes, or I'm sorry, uh, signatures to get on the ballot. So, as it looks like today, it looks like it's Maxine Waters, the Democrat, and three uh, Republicans, including myself. So, okay. uh, so at, at, at the very worst, it'll be a Democrat and Republican. Ideally, I would love to see. Two Republicans primary out Maxine Waters, and there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a way to do that. I just hope that uh, our district comes to our senses and you know and does the right thing by primarying out Maxine Waters. That would be a great thing, and that would change the makeup of the whole midterm in the uh, in the whole United States. You know, I got I got to tell you, I just don't even understand how Maxine Waters is still uh, is still. Right. Yeah, I, right. I don't even know the word, but you, you know what I mean. How, how is it even possible that she's still there? But, yeah, well, you know, yeah, it, 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 the, the, the problem with this is that, you know, our party seems to uh, put in candidates that, uh, you know, don't get the message of what voters in this district want. Uh, you know, and primarily we could, we could, we could, we could blame the left media for that. So we could blame the, uh, you know, the so-called liberal, uh, you know, movement down here that, you know, is, is creating havoc and it's not telling the truth of what true conservative, uh, you know, what true, what a true conservative is. You know, you know, thank goodness Maxine has gone so far left that she has alienated the Democrat Party. Uh, the Democrat Party that she represents does not represent actual voters in this district. There's a lot of issues that she believes in that when you walk into the district and knock on the doors and talk to you know, the, the, the various minority groups, a lot of the minority groups, even though they're registered Democrats, they don't identify as being this new liberal. Exactly. If I can ask, what made you want to run? 
what's your driving force? And I know that sounds like a softball question, but I got I got to ask. No, you know that no that's a that's a very fair question. In 2008, uh, you know, prior to 2008, I was a a, a real estate uh, investment analyst. I had my own business. I had a, a an online uh, business that I that I that I moonlighted for, and then the great recession hit. During the Great Recession, you know, I lost my job, and I wanted to do something for our community. So I, you know, thought while I'm trying to reinvent myself, I decided to host job networking events and help people, mostly mid to upper level professionals who were out because of the Great Recession, and help them find jobs. and And hopefully, by doing that, I could see what they're passionate about, and maybe I could redefine myself and uh, and become a and reinvent myself and become a, a different professional. So as I was doing that, I went around the country and I helped people find jobs. I did job networking events not only in L.A., Las Vegas, uh, up in the Bay Area, but I did stuff in, in Atlanta, all, all through the, uh, the, uh, the East Coast to help people find jobs. And while doing that, I interfaced with politicians. I e- emailed and uh, wrote letters to Feinstein, to Boxer, to Mike Honda, to, uh, to Brad Sherman, and, and so forth. And the message was clear. Those politicians did not want to help the unemployed. Fast forward to last year, I was driving up and down our district, and I noticed SpaceX. And I know that SpaceX, which is led by Elon Musk, um, you know they have great jobs. And then as I'm driving out out of our district, I see YouTube, I see uh, Google, I see Facebook, and I see all all these great companies in the Silicon Beach area. And I was thinking to myself, why, you know, and my girlfriend, why is it that we have great companies that offer high six-figure incomes? Why is it that Inglewood, which has 22% poverty rate, and our whole entire, uh, you know, congressional, the 43rd congressional district, why is that? It's uh, 17.9% poverty uh, when you have these great companies. So I, so my motivation is I want to make sure that our, uh, our district, our country, our state. Is is well equipped and has the right uh, right skills to get the jobs that pay six figures. I'm tired of hearing Pelosi and Feinstein and uh, and Maxine Waters concentrate on minimum wage because if we concentrate on minimum wage, we get minimum standards. I want to make sure that our our workforce has the makes the right amount of money to have the life that we we all. Uh, you know, believe on having. You know, we need to bring back the the California dream, and that's why I'm in it. Because I think if if people live the California dream, we can get rid of a lot of these social issues uh, that that the left seems to enjoy having. And and it's it's created by the left, and we as conservatives have to fix their wrongdoings. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, first of all, thank you for running. Thank you for having you. the 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 guts to run and the, and the energy the desire to change things thank you for that and if, if you don't mind if i can give you a piece of campaign advice um unsolicited of course and you don't have to follow okay. this but if, if if i were to ever to run for public office no i'm an old guy not really i mean not really I'm, I'm just but i would tweet like donald trump okay i would yeah. i would you know um so that's my uh unsolicited campaign advice tweet like donald trump and uh toxic waters would be a really great uh meme for for twitter I'm not saying i'm just saying you know anyway yeah you know uh, you know what's funny is uh is there's there's a lot of times when i you know i i have a a a uh a voice that you know that you know that is very similar 
and I get more pushback from the you know from people in our party because of because of that. So you know, so I you know, I, it, it's funny you know I I get pushback not only off from the GOP because of my voice, but uh, you know obviously from the left. But uh, you know I think my voice is you know is what the community wants to hear. Well, and Amen to that. Let me ask you this. Obviously, uh, I'm looking here. Now, the reason I couldn't find records for Maxine Water in this di- water in this district is because it was redistricted uh, mm-hmm. from the 35th district. It looks like after 2010 or 2012. Right. But I'm looking right. at the vote the vote totals here for the last few elections, and mm-hmm. Maxine it averages about 200,000 votes. For some reason, 2014 had half that. But it, right. Maxine Waters gets anywhere 140, 165,000 votes, and the Republican right. uh, much, much less. Do you believe that? What do you think would would attract voters to you to make it to give that Republican majority a push over the top in this district uh, over Maxine right. Waters? Because I see a lot of people voting along party lines, especially in the midterms. And right. what, what makes you think you can get over that hump with with Waters? Okay, well, not not only my message of higher jobs, better uh, you know, better access to opportunity, uh, and so forth. I am going into the community and 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 fighting in the belly of the beast. In 2012, when when they started the redistricting, the uh, you know the GOP member got 28% of the vote. In 2014, the G- GOP member got uh, 29% of the vote. In 2016, uh, the, that competitor got 24% of the vote, and he's also running in this race. So I don't think I, he's he's on a, he's he's on a bad messaging. I was talking, you know, we need to have debates and we need to include voters who normally don't identify as conservatives. We need to we need to have debates in the Westmont area, uh, which the Westmont area is also known as Death Alley, which has the the highest murder capita of you know of the country. You know, in that little you know in that little two mile radius or three mile really? mile radius. Yeah, wow. yeah. So we. We need to go in that uh, in that district. I'm in that district. I knock on doors in that district. I talk to the Crips. I talk to the Bloods, and I ask them how they feel. And their biggest complaint is not DACA. They're you know it's not uh, health issues. It's I need a job, and I need a you know, and I need jobs for my kids. I need to make sure that my kids are, are you know are uh, are safe as well as set up where they're going to be successful. So jobs is really the, the thing, and and I want to have. I want to have a debate at Jesse Owens Park, where where the Rolling Nineties are, as well as 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 the the hundred the hundred scripts. I want to be I want to be where the Hoovers are. I want to convert uh, the the gang members and actually show them that they're actually living a conservative life. They're what they do. You know, it, it seems liberal, but they have a lot of kids. They don't believe in abortion. They are actually pro-life. The uh, you know the, the church community, you know, they've been they've been fleeced by by liberals and and Maxine Waters that this is their messaging, but they they don't like these these special transgender issues. They don't like the fact that there's a transgender uh, you know man you know in makeup uh, reading to three and four year olds uh, how Peter and Paul love each other and how they show their affection. They, the community doesn't want to see that, so I want to go in these communities and 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 include them in the conversation. You know, in the past, uh, conservatives have not gone into the belly of the beast, which I call it, and talk 
to uh, to liberals and and show them they're actually conservatives. You know, we don't do that. And you know, I I'm 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 a short Filipino Asian looking guy. I'm five foot nothing. So I could I could knock on 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 people's doors and they don't take offense to me. They you know they invite me in and we talk for 10, 15 minutes. You know, and then I go on to the next house. So I'm actually in the community, and that's how I will win Maxine Waters uh, Maxine Waters seat is because I'm in the community. I'm identifying with the community, and in fact, I'm I'm looking at issues and discussing issues that both liberals and conservatives can agree on, and not uh, you know pushing my uh, you know my agenda on them, but I'm in- embracing their ideas and their issues and finding out ways that we both agree on because that's what we need to stop. We need to we need to find issues that we all agree on, and that's how we can get government to work again. That's right, and I know one thing's for sure: Maxine Waters is not going to be knocking on those doors looking to interact with the voting base there not that she really needs to with the name recognition she has especially on the on a national platform uh but you know again this is a a local race and it's the 44th district of california Uh, if we can i want to go to some of what you uh put in as far as what what things you want to change if and when you get elected and one of the things i'm going to say when because i I, not to interrupt uh, keep keep that that thought but i want to say this I believe this gentleman on our program has the ability to prevail in the in, in California's 43rd district. I really do, and and folks, we need to vote this man in. And I know we have a lot of listeners in the 43rd district of California. I get emails mm-hmm. from them every day. Don't forget, this is the area where the senators are: Kamala Harris and and um, the Feinstein. So. In the belly of the beast is an accurate statement. Joe, I interrupted you. Please continue. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say, Edwin, some of the things you wanted to do uh, once you got into office seemed to all uh, center, or at least what we have in front of us, seemed to center around you know uh, re- reducing regulations for small businesses and, and entrepreneurship, and uh, it seemed to, to come around the economy. One thing I see here. Raising the pension service years from six years to at least 20 years. I did not know that congressmen who are in Congress for six years get full mm-hmm. retirement benefits. For That's life. pretty insane. Right, 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 for life. You know, well, consider this. We have a uh, congressional candidate who is in his 20s. You know, not you know, not the not the bash anybody who's young, but let's say he is in, he gets in office, and you know, and then six then six years he retires. Let's say he retires in his mid thirties. For life, we owe him one hundred seventy four thousand dollars for the rest of his life. I think yeah. that's wrong. You know, I, I think wrong. you know you you know both of you guys and me, if we're in the private sector, you know, most of these companies nowadays don't offer a pension but if you did you'd have to you know earn that pension through 20 years i want to stop that you know if if we could stop that we could get you know we we could start cutting our budgets so that's that's number 1 and and number 2 is we have you know and Maxine Waters is a good example. We have an ineffective career politician who has a 99% failure rate in Maxine Waters. Why is she still in, in office? So there has to be a, uh, you know, we need term limits to get rid of these in, uh, ineffective uh, politicians. And that's, 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 that's one of my big things is, you know, I need, we need to make sure that a Maxine Waters never happens again. And, you know, and, Becomes, you know, elected over and over again because we 
you know, as the American, you know, we the people don't know how to get rid of these people. One thing I really appreciate about your platform, and I think this is a, you're dead accurate on this. Um, you you have you state that there should be a government inquiry when a sitting congressman or a senator's net worth increases by more than a hundred percent. Right. There is absolutely you know, as an investigator, career investigator, you follow the money. There's something horribly, horribly wrong. And right. God bless you, sir, for bringing this up. Man, right. investigate the the heck out of them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me give an, a prime example. Dina Titus, uh, sitting congresswoman in uh, Nevada Congressional District One, she was, you know, before she got elected uh, to Congress, she was uh, uh, she was a teacher at UNLV. Uh, you know, any teacher at UNLV, well, maybe they might make what 130, 140 thousand a year, you know, in Nevada. How is it that you know after two terms in you know 2014, I believe she had a net worth of nine million dollars. How does a teacher you know who who sat in office for two two years now has a net worth of nine million dollars? And I see that over and over and over again. You know as you as you uh, look at the different uh, congressional people, we need we need to look at their wealth. You know, in addition to their wealth and net worth, and that's where the corruption happens. And you know, we need to stop the corruption. And I, I am the anti-corruption. You know, I am also the anti-establishment and anti-corruption candidate. Well, corruption. You know, we were talking about throughout the show the spending bill that Congress is putting forth and all the unnecessary uh, laws as well as uh, funding that is going into this thing. And we, it's so frustrating to sit here and watch. Um, you know, to, to see this same as usual in Washington D.C. But what, what are some of the other economic policies that you would want to implement to help foster that innovation through entrepreneurship and and uh, the private sector business ownership? Yeah, well, you know, number one is I I believe the private sector uh, creates the jobs. Government always seems to mess everything up. So, um. You know, I would like to see the private sector be incentivized to come into the education system, whether that's through the JCs or the four years or the trade uh, trade schools. I want to have them more involved and either invest either their money or their expertise or both, and uh, and then have results uh, to. Uh, to create more skills in the workforce. And by doing that, uh, companies will benefit because they will have uh, a stronger workforce and then they don't have to spend as much money on their, on their training budgets. So when they, you know, get new employees, the municipalities win because as the companies become more efficient, uh, they, they, they can collect more taxes and the workforce, uh, you know, uh, benefits because, uh, they will have better skills. Uh, on top of that, the taxpayers will uh, benefit because as uh, as the private sector fronts the the investment um, and gets the results, the taxpayers don't have to risk the taxpayer money because the private sector they've done their homework and they've done what they wanted and you know and they're educating the education system of what they want. So I think it's a win-win-win all the way around. And we need to create those win-win-win opportunities. You know, win with the with the employers, win with the uh, win with the, uh, uh, the constituents, win with the taxpayers, and win with the municipalities. You know, so we have to create yeah. these things. You know, and I just hate how how government does does things right now, where they just unilaterally say, you know, this is what it is. We're, you know, through the stroke of a pen, here's six billion dollars for op- opioids. 
you know, yeah. we, you know, we, we don't know how that money is, is, is actually going to benefit us in the future. And I would rather have experts in the private sector, you know, have more input than having government tell our education system. So that's, that's, that's one of my, my biggest things that I want to do. And if we could do that in, in the 43rd district, guess what? We could do that in other districts around the country, like, like the tech industry in, 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 uh, in Las Vegas, like, um, like Iowa. They have a tech industry, but that tech industry isn't what, what you and I think it, it tech is. You know, they have agriculture tech. So there's a lot of things that we can do that can not only benefit this district, but districts countrywide. Okay. And, Edward, we only have about a minute left. One last question I want to ask you. The battle over uh, illegal immigration in sanctuary cities is really heating up in California. What are your thoughts? You know, we are a country of law, and it hurts me to see sanctuary cities and sanctuary states like California try to skirt the law, uh, you know, because they don't like it. There's laws for a reason. If we're, if we're going to change laws, uh, you know, we need to do it the correct way instead of unilaterally changing laws and breaking federal law. So I am opposed to uh, sanctuary cities. I am, you know, I am pro-immigration, but I'm pro-legal immigration. And my parents took, you know, uh, my parents took some time to get here legally. My family got here legally. So in all fairness, we need to step up and honor those laws until they can be changed. But you know, but the sanctuary cities uh, and the illegal immigration, you know, we need to figure out a way to stop that. All right, lightning round real quick. Uh, uh, where do you stand, Second Amendment, gun control? Uh, we need uh, Second Amendment, yes, we need the Second Amendment protects all of our rights. Amen. Abortion. Abortion. I am pro-life. I believe that life starts, uh, you know, at conception, and we need to protect life, uh, you know, as best as we can. The FBI, Department of Justice, uh, corruption, and the Mueller investigation. If we can't trust uh, the investigative, uh, you know, uh, activities of the FBI, who can we trust? So, yeah, we that needs to be uncovered. Congressman Duterte, that has a yes. great ring to it. Congressman Duterte, forty third district you. of California. We're, we're in your corner. Would you come back? We want you to come back when you are a congressman in the 43rd District of California. Will you do that? I would love that, and I would love to extend. Uh, we are having our debates uh, between the GOP, and we are also inviting Maxine Waters. I would love for you guys to, uh, you know, to be part of that, whether that's live streaming or if you can come down to uh, California, we would love to have you moderate and, you know, and you know, really make stuff happen and you know, get the word out of who we are. You know what? Uh, in this case, we're going to do what we can to to see if we can't make that happen. We've got a we've got a fantastic. Uh, solid base christian conservative base in in california and especially the 43rd district i believe that we can be an asset to you as much as you can be an asset to our nation congressman thank you 230 i like the sound of that thank you so very much for joining us and we will talk soon again thank you god bless you guys all god bless you all right folks that'll do it for us tonight that was future congressman edwin duterte that's right i said it we'll have him back on you know i'm telling you i got a good good feeling um really i believe this man you're looking at the background and and i'll tell you what all of the links are in the program description 
uh, we, we've got uh, uh, just such a great response from our listeners about this and, you know, gentleman. One thing that I just I get concerned about is, as I said earlier, the national recognition of Maxine Waters for the, all the wrong reasons. Jeez. Yeah. Might just, I mean, I, I hope people really dig into who their candidates are in their districts and vote accordingly, not based on name recognition, not based on, uh, you know, party affiliation, but based on what's going to be best for this country, best for your city, your right jurisdiction, on, your state, and not based on, uh, you know, political leanings based on political party affiliation. So this guy's gonna this guy's gonna get in, kick butt, take names, I guarantee it. I mean I, I just I have a good feeling about this, folks. Uh I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for your belief and trust in us. And thank you. Thank you so much for spreading the word about this program. Please do us a favor. Hit subscribe to our YouTube channel again. Chances are you've been unsubscribed. They're playing games. We're not silence. God bless you. Good night. Thank you.